Okay, it's finally working. Welcome to the first episode of Two White Dudes and a Black Dude. <laughs> Reverse Oreo. We're not actually sure what we're going to call it. Um, but anyway, it's Day in the Life of with me, Jeff Bosley. And it's called Day in the Life of because I don't want to commit to any sort of theme. With me for the first time after a year of making this show is Mike Foster and Sean Hampton. Great to be here tonight, Jeff. Thanks for having us, man. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. So first off, since everybody's already, uh, I, this is my podcast, I won't beat to death who I am or what I do, just living the actor life, we'll go down the line and um, let everybody introduce themselves. So first we have Mike, oh, is it a, who goes first? Ma- He's in the middle. Are, are we doing this reverse Oreo style? Or is it just, <laughs> it sounds like a sex move. So <laughs> first does. she asked me to do the reverse Oreo. <laughs> well, I am uh Mike Foster. On IMDb, you can find me as Michael Wayne Foster. And uh, I am a uh, former high school English teacher of nine years in the great state of Michigan, the Mitten. And now I have come out to California to be an actor and uh, an entrepreneur. And that's what's going on here. Okay. That was Uh, very... (laughs) To the point. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's perfect. Was it true? No, it's very true. They'll they'll hear me babble later. Uh, So, hello everyone. I'm Sean Hampton, and I started out as an actor here in Los Angeles in 2005. And after a little while, I decided that I wanted to branch out into a little few different areas of production so I actually started producing and directing so I spent the last couple of years building up my resume as that Um, you've probably seen me on certain show a few shows like uh, Young and the Restless General Hospital 90210 CSI Um, and then I've directed a few short films one of them being Race War that is now available on Amazon Prime if you have that or if you don't have Amazon Prime you can rent it on Amazon or buy it please buy it You gotta ask, and they gotta ask for the sale. Much better profit margin. <laughs> All right, there. Sorry. So yeah, that's us in a nutshell, and uh, the the show continues on. It's I guess you could call it like our post Thanksgiving special. I guess would be the best way to do it. Extravaganza. Yeah. Extravaganza. Extravaganza. <laughs> that puts a lot of weight on it. So um, basically, um, what we're gonna start doing is a loose template. We're talking about our lives, whether it be the Hollywood shenanigans, the shenanigans of. Can I reveal like you guys? You, your relationship status, whether we have whether we have kids, don't have kids. Sure, okay. yes, we have yes. no show without it. Our okay. lives are open books for you, okay. Jeff, <laughs> and all y'all. <laughs> so basically, I mean, anything from Hollywood shenanigans to maybe God only knows, maybe whoever asks us for relationship advice, you're in a bad place already if you're coming to us. <laughs> but you know, we got to. But we'll speak the truth about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll right. definitely tell you what we think. Uh-huh. Um, we have you know married. Uh, engaged, uh, whatever I am, single. We have some people with kids, some people without kids. So Hollywood shenanigans, relationship life, whatever comes to mind. Fitness for sure will be one. Um, dogs, dogs. Yeah, we have those dogs. Um, <laughs> cooking. Mr. Foster here is quite the culinary expert. Sean, I see tagging along with him every once in a while. Um, we might talk sports, anything and everything, but we're going to try to keep it somewhat loose or not loose. But because y'all, because of Facebook, you guys can be logged on live. Whether it's Facebook.com, Welcome to Boz, Iron Mike Foster, and Sean Hampton Forever. Your uh, pro page is that? Yes. Okay, so Sean Hampton Forever, Iron Mike Foster, or Welcome to Boz. That's our pro page. You could be looking at, watching this live recording online and give us feedback and ideas. So that's that in a nutshell. So moving on to Thanksgiving. We vowed, we vowed, we made a point. Like every t- Sean and I were sitting here for about an hour and a half with the internet or the computer failing us, and I just didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to hear any of his stories or any of his life or how everything was because I wanted to wait till this moment so we could actually have something to talk about. So Thanksgiving, how was it? 
Well, you bet lead off because last time I was like short and to the point and you you put the whole resume out there. So We're too polite. That's our problem. Um, well, for me, Thanksgiving was great. Um, as as Boz mentioned uh, about relationship status, so I am married and we have a uh, almost two-year-old daughter. And we went up to see my brother-in-law who was in the Air Force. He's stationed at a base up north. So we were able to see him and spend time with him and his family, which is uh, uncommon for us because... We uh, have always lived so far away from all family. As I said, he's in the Air Force, so he's been stationed around the world. And the rest of our family lives in Florida, North Carolina, Alabama, Louisiana. So they're all spread out amongst the South, and we're out here in Los Angeles. So uh, we had a nice time, little reunion. And um, did you have to drink with all the amount of family there? <laughs> was that... You know, is that, um, a, is that like, I plead the fifth. I was going to say I plead the I plead the Walker on that one. <laughs> Me and Johnny hang out a lot during this holiday. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was, Sean and I were talking before you got here that um, yeah, it was definitely Jeff doesn't drink much, but social anxiety Jeff occasionally he's like. <laughs> It's so good when it hits your lips. You know, and that's a funny thing, um, not to get away from Thanksgiving, but it is funny how being in entertainment and that our jobs involve talking to large groups of people at one time. You put us in small rooms with a limited number of people and we're kind of like, uh, uh, all right. Yeah, yeah that, well, I was talking to uh, some guests over the holiday about that very same thing is I actually don't know who I am. Like if, if I could have a screener to walk around with me and tell me what to do, great. But as a person, whether it was the military, the longer I was alone and just in my house with me and my dog or whatever it is, the worse it gets. Right. So the more the social ineptitude grows. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's just like it's tenfold every, every day that goes by. I'm just like, I don't even know who I am anymore. So. <laughs> Mike, your Thanksgiving. Well, I'm not very, you guys know I'm not very social. <laughs> Everybody that knows me knows I'm not social. So uh, yeah, I mean, if, I had a quiet count. Sixty people that watched you propose. Or, it was more than that. I mean, we're here for that. Oh man, it was a bunch. Okay. It was well, Sean. This, that was this is not a small house, and it was full of people. Yeah. His, uh, so yeah, so, coming coming soon on social media. Yes. I might post it, but it's uh, Thanksgiving. I, I can talk about that later. Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. So uh, we went over to friends of ours' homes, and since we moved here to Glendale, California. Uh, the majority of the population is either Armenian or Persian. So we went to a, uh, went to our friend's house who is, um, the, the husband is Persian and, uh, the wife is Armenian. So everyone was either Persian or Armenian and my fiance's family is Nicaraguan. So everybody else was Nicaraguan in me. <laughs> so tall, white, Norwegian guy. Yeah, right, exactly. So, but I'm going to tell you this much: I do have a little bit of Italian blood in me, and that's what I have learned about the uh, the Armenians. They're about as close to Italians as I've seen so far, and they try to punish you with food, and it's so delicious. So, I mean, it just kept coming in waves. I mean, it was like the appetizers were done, and I'm like, I'm full, thanks. Oh, and if you if you guys, I've never been, but I hear stories, I hear the rumors that Armenian weddings go like 20 courses deep, and this isn't a joke. And I mean, I've been to a couple of their parties, and I completely believe it. So, needless to say, I walked out of there. Um, I was carbed up. So they've <laughs> had a 96 hour carb load. Yeah, yes. right. So yeah, I, I carved up. So that's my Thanksgiving. How about yours, Jeff? Um, I went and. Um, I stay. I went and visited family, and it's a. Uh, <laughs> you're right on point with the Italians. Um, I went and saw family. Um, it's a family I get to see pretty much yearly, and they are. Um, 
well, they're, they're doing well for themselves. So there was a lot of food and a lot of drink, and it was non-stop. <laughs> um, I vowed to try to not be a hypocrite in that a lot of the fitness stuff we post is like trying to find balance and not dieting 365 days a year. And um, I was like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll carb deplete, I'll do all these things to prep for Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving Day turned into the Thanksgiving Day plus the day after. And then it turned into the day after that and the day after that. And uh, so it was uh, my uncle, my aunt, uh, my nephew, or my nephew, my cousin, some family, some friends, uh, alcohol and food. And that was pretty much it. It was a nice, you know when you go to a movie and you come out and you're in the parking lot and you're like, shit, back to reality. <laughs> like that whole like proverbial like, oh man, that's kind of how it was the whole time we were there. There's our, our dogs. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool and a lot of good food and a lot of good alcohol and a lot of... Could you pour us a little bit of apple juice, sweetie? <laughs> Jeff would like some too. And uh, yeah, that was that. Um, it was in uh, Palm Desert, California, which is very. Uh, hmm, I don't even know how to put it. Palm Desert. Yeah. Palm Desert's bougie. Okay. Yeah, I give I give it the bouge, the thumbs up of bouge. Palm Desert. Yeah, you know. It was. Uh, oh, you're sweet. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, hey. hey. There are the dogs. Um, so actually, on that note, I was telling Sean this the last time I spent like an hour shooting or recording a podcast once, and it didn't go. So this is where I pretend we have sponsors, and I say, and now a word from our sponsor. Nice. So I'll save it. Okay. <laughs> that right there. And we're back. <laughs> I just had to save it just because um, my original podcast with Hip, it was called Hippie in the Caveman, or it is called Hippie in the Caveman, and uh, we spent like an hour, and it was epic yeah and i went and i it fostered and died and deleted so we <laughs> yes had, when we, it fosters we, we, then it dies we were so pissed we're like and she and the reason it's called hippie in the caveman is by it's not demeaning to her she's very hippie-ish hippie. she's very hippie. let the world go around yeah. and you know there's universe and happiness and i'm all like f the world f reality pessimism <laughs> rules so we called it hippie in the caveman you know and so uh, anyway we knew we couldn't recreate it we were both pissed so we just like see you in 24 hours we'll do this again so, anyway, that's hipping the caveman. So, um, steer this boat. I don't want to do it alone. What should we talk about? Um, let's see. What's, okay, okay, what's let's me? do this. Mike, um, here, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll segue into the Hollywood world and the Hollywood lifestyle. So, Sean and I actually, the one, one of the few times, one of the two, I would say probably two times in this city of Los Angeles, Hollywood, whatever you want to call it, is uh, the only time you can almost virtually guarantee not to be doing any work is Thanksgiving and Christmas. Right. The running joke in Los Angeles amongst casting is the minute you schedule something, family, vacation, or otherwise, that's when you're going to do casting. And it's normally not like something like bodyguard number two in the background. It's normally some big, stupid, freaking job. So me, I go to the route of antisocial. I don't do anything with friends, family, or loved ones in case of that moment. And the only time I plan for stuff is Thanksgiving and Christmas. Sean and I had a good Thanksgiving. We hung out with friends and family. Even I hung out with friends and family. However, in the business of Hollywood, Mike, what did you do today? What a day it was, guys. Uh, <laughs> did you get Thanksgiving off the whole I, I got, holiday? I did not get Thanksgiving off, actually. <laughs> no. Um, so a friend of mine that I met way back when I filmed um, an ABC family show called Greek, um, I met this guy. His name's Doug Tate. You guys can look him up on IMDb. He's actually known as the Creature Man in Hollywood now. Um, and Doug, Doug and I were friends. And, you know, I was like, had a great day on set with him. And he's one of those guys like ourselves. Like, actually, like all... Everybody right. here, you know, we met by being on set. Like, that's a good dude. 
And unfortunately, a lot of times in LA, because we are so busy and we all do have ADHD, it's like, oh yeah, dude, give me a call. And it never happens. Well, with us, it actually did. Doug was one of those guys. And um, then after that, for some reason, Kindred Spirits we talked about, we reconnected again on uh, the set of G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, where I played a Neo-Viper and he was one of the Vipers. And we got to hang out there a little bit too. And for some reason, um, he and his wife have a production company and they've got a movie. It's called The Haunt. Again, if you go to IMDb, it's all on there. And it's actually, a, I can't say too much about it, but it's a cool little premise. It's a good girl. And uh, what happened was, is uh, they got some funding together and they're doing their own movie, kind of like we're working on and all that. So anyway, uh, they've had a movie and Doug remembered me for a role of a, um, a big muscle-head douchebag named Kevin. So hey, <laughs> shocker, right? So I got to show up there and be Kevin today. And uh, it was, <laughs> believe it or not, the last two days of filming were a lot of fun. It's a uh, the haunt. It's obviously it's a it's a movie about a haunted house, but I get to play one of the big big guys that just so happens to be more in love with his uh, muscles than he is uh, scaring the the good people that that pay money to to be scared. So that's it awesome. was fun. But but I think where you were going with this, Jeff, no, I is just like a big douchebag of muscles. I I keep we've it real. All, we've all got that role. We've all gotten that role. Yeah. But hey, his name was Kevin, not douchebag number one. Yeah, that's so, exactly. Yeah. Secret character in Hollywood, the thing is, is if you get a character's name, that's like okay, it, it validates you versus bodyguard number two or right. whatever. It means you're working your way up. Yeah. So you know, like uh, ironically, on like Reservoir Dogs, where it was like Mr. Pink, Mr. Blue, Mr. Brown, Mr. Black. Ironically, on IMDb, prior to knowing the movie, that sounded like a bunch of bullcrap. Right. That they sounded like like my character in. <clears throat> the Brits are coming with Uma Thurman. My character's name is Handsome Man. Handsome Man. Which sounds like you know bodyguard number two. But right. that was just like the weird code in the very Quentin Tarantino-esque character name. So that's why I laughed at Mike's big douchebag. Well, well, so how glad am I to know that I'm Kevin? So that way when people look up my IMDb next to Jeff, so they'll be like, oh, there's Handsome Man. And there's Muscle-Bound Douchebag. So awesome. I think awesome. I'd actually have good character names versus character descriptions of because all of ours would be like muscle guy, muscle guy, muscle guy, douchebag, muscle guy, muscle guy, muscle guy, douchebag, bodyguard, <laughs> lover. Wait, what? That can't be right. So, so yeah, that was just uh, yeah. The way I was going with that with Mike is is leave it to Hollywood to um, say you can actually relax on Thanksgiving, and then Mike has not that you're knocking the production, but leave it to that, and then Mike has to shoot on his four day weekend. So yeah, and I think like it's probably important because we know this, but we should point it out to everyone that when we talk about shooting right after Thanksgiving when you're playing some muscle-bound guy. That doesn't just mean like, oh, I can't really go far away. That means like <laughs> on the day where everyone is eating the most possible food they can, you can't because that's <laughs> going to do something to your body. It's going to change the way your body looks on camera. Yes. So now I can't eat this or I can't eat that. Oh, wow, I've got 16, a 16 course meal in front of me and I can't have anything except those uh, little you know meat slivers or whatever so <laughs> i took a truckload of glucose disposal agents and prayed that's what i did <laughs> sounds sounds like like it's going into muscle man like a ball's working it <laughs> sounds like a, a, um, a damn infomercial <laughs> take right. this eat 10 pounds of turkey and pray that yeah. are the title of your autobiography well, I mean, but, but if I'm looking back in retrospect, I learned it from the Hulkster. You know, take your vitamins right. and pray, right? That's Wait, what like the Hulkster the, said. The Hulk Hogan Hulksters, that's who you're referencing? Right. So I'm saying that, hey, brother, I took my glucose disposal agents and I said my prayers and I got up in the morning and I jumped into douchebag number two role. Yeah. 
and that's how I roll. You know, that's what I do. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here. I'm sorry. That's awesome. You know, I didn't know you could give do the it. monkey some apple juice I over did. here, and he jumps around. I did not know he could do the Hulk. Uh, hey, like he says, just give him a shot of the psychosis pre pre workout, and you'll be fine. Let's talk about the psychosis pre workout. Never again, uh, <laughs> dude. You have to try this. No, okay, give him the other one. Okay, no, not right now. <laughs> no, it can be funny. You he go actually purple. turns red. I went red. You'd go purple. Oh, that'd be great. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> what happened to you? You went red too, didn't yeah, you? Not as red as you. Well, because you you're, see the picture. You're pale. Oh my god. Yeah. Jeff, you were there. Yeah. It was. I literally like Florida sunburn red. Wow. Yeah. Bad. Um, all right. Let's see. Your skin um, was nuts, but I went to the gym, and it was on. All right. Yeah. So I'm not knocking the effectiveness of your product if we're talking about psychosis. I'm just saying it's the strongest thing I've ever put <laughs> in my body. <laughs> hey <laughs> um, uh, Let's see. Anything in the pipeline for you for film stuff? Uh, like, right now for me. Or douchebag number 10 here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, I'm, right now um, I'm finishing. Well, it's funny because <clears throat> I didn't learn this until I actually got into production. That, like for us... When we act, you know, we show up on set as actors, we work, and we go home. And then maybe when the movie comes out, you know, we, we hear some more stuff, but that's it. But when you're on the production side of it, you're living with that movie forever. Like, the movie that's on Amazon now, available on Amazon Prime, and at regular Amazon, <laughs> Race War, you can, uh, you know, that was finished a year ago. And we're still doing distribution work now, going to festivals and trying to get it into more outlets. So I'm not really used to working with something for so much for so long after finishing it, but um, there's that. And then I'm also producing uh, my third feature film, which is called Street Shadows, which is turning out to be insanely good. <laughs> um, I really am just impressed with the team that we have and the work we're doing. So excuse me, I'm, so, okay. I'm so sorry. Can you keep going. Sorry. We, oh, yeah, can, okay. you can do that. You know what's going on. Technology. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> but um, so there's that, and then um, I haven't really talked about it, but it's only the three of us and the rest of the universe. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 2016, I plan to get back more into acting because, like I said, I spent the last two years focusing on production, and um, that's not why I originally moved to LA, even though I love it. Um, but it's just something I let go for a little while, and now I'm ready to go back. Well, I think that's the one thing a lot of people don't see on the on the flip side of the equation is everybody moves out here to be an actor, give or take, and then. A lot of people realize they have to take their destiny, their fate in their own hands, mm-hmm. and then that's where they start making their own indies. Or, um, for me, a lot of times I see in the stunt community, people are like, "Well, if I want to be in movies, I'll do stunts." And the next thing you know, they actually get too deep into whatever that secondary thing was that they wanted to do to become to get more work. Ironically, takes over their life. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of stuntmen become like, "Oh crap, I'm a stuntman now." Or like, oh crap, I'm directing or producing. And they're like, oh hell, I came here to be an actor. And next right. thing you know, and so that's a huge conflict dichotomy thing. Mm-hmm. I got to jump in on that yeah, one. I see you twitching. Yeah, that's, I'm twitching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today, one of the cast members is a guy by the name of Martin Kleba, Marty Kleba. And he was, um, if anybody saw uh, any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, he was the little person. It was, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, Marty Club. He was, I, don't, I don't remember his character's name. I'm sorry. I only saw the first one. But he was the guy that was always hanging out with. Um, Oh, the British actor that plays the... Uh, Which one? <laughs> uh, yeah, right? Well, actually, yeah, right? The older guy. Oh, I can't remember. His name. There's probably some Pirates of the Caribbean fans out there. Can you help me out here? 
Um, anyway, so he plays that. So my point being, Jeff, was the, um, he was telling me about how he ended up in that movie. And it started off as stunts. Like, he was just there to do stunts, and then they gave him some lines and more lines, and the next thing you know, he's an actual, he's a character on there. You know, he came back for, he told me he did, I, I, I know he wasn't in the fourth one. I think there was three that, the ones that Orlando Bloom were in. He was in those. Yeah, he was okay. in those, then he wasn't in the one with Johnny Depp and uh, I think it was like Penelope Cruz or Selma Hayek or whoever it was. I think sorry. the most recent one. Yeah. That's the most recent one. Right, yeah. and he just told me that he got finished filming five, and I guess they filmed that in Australia, so they brought him back. Yeah. So there's yeah. the case of a guy that started off as a stuntman that actually got bumped yeah. up. Okay, well then the opposite, like, I know the opposite of that is I know without... This, I, I actually will protect his name, protect the name of the innocents by making up fake names or whatever. This is called Steve. Steve. So I know a stuntman named Steve who actually, he was a, he could, they hired him for his swordplay capabilities for the original pirates. And he was a stuntman. He'd done tons of random stuff in the past. And then he said, hey, who, which one of you stunt guys can do British accent? And he raised his hand and said, me. And next thing you know, this guy is also now, this is the, he's the go-to for John Favreau, Marvel, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., everything. Oh, and man. he came here to be an actor, and I'm not, he's, he's extremely happy with the, the path his life chose. He's very grateful, you know, he's happy with his family, with God, his children. And, but it's ironic because he was so good at that, as a stuntman, raised his hand and said, I can do this. And next thing you know, he's the stunt coordinator for the world. And so that's just the whole I, ironic dichotomy of a lot of people come here and, I don't think they settle, but they're like, well, I really want to be in movies, and I'll do whatever it takes, and now I'm going to produce, and now I'm going to edit, and now I'm going to this. And I'm going to do it's, porn. It's, it's really hard. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> some people do porn. Some people do porn. And you um, know, the, the funny thing about that is, is, from what I've learned, at least from, because uh, we had to hang around a lot of stuntmen to do uh, Race War, the movie that we're in together, and the, the thing about the stunt community, which is the same really in any facet of entertainment, is that other people who are a little bit ahead of you, they want to work with people that they like. They, yep. they don't want to just say, oh, you're good at this, I'll see you later. They, they say, oh, you're good at this, and then they have the next movie, and they're like, hey, you know, I want to work with him again. He was really good. And then they call you in for that, and they keep calling you in for stuff, which only makes sense. I mean, if you, yeah. if you had a day job where you could just work with only the people you want to work with, you would. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this city is all about networking. Um, and to steer the boat a little bit, unless there's some highly important... This is a good spot to start to address... Uh, what I'll do is each segment is um, address people's questions, comments, concerns. Okay. Um, and so in the, I guess we're in the Hollywood segment of the show, if you will. Um, a person has actually a very good question. How do you guys supplement income and does Hollywood pay you enough? Do you guys have side jobs? So that's actually a good uh, little reveal into the world of Hollywood. Um, we can just go down the line. Me, I'm fortunate enough in that it's thin. <laughs> it's very thin. But luckily, I'm not a bouncer. I'm not a bartender. I'm not a server. I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not knocking anybody that does that because you got to do what you got to do. But I'm very fortunate that I live, eat, and breathe whatever <laughs> Vicious guard dogs. Yes, we have one security of them, one here. Of them, one of them wears a sweater and one of them's 40 pounds. So let's keep in perspective. <laughs> These dogs aren't doing One of them wears a sweater. <laughs> These dogs aren't doing shit. <laughs> Uh, but I'm very fortunate in that, that that's all I live, eat, and breathe, and do. And I'm willing to live a little bit thin. Like, you know, I'm a, I have awkward dates where I'm like, uh, can we go Dutch on this bill because I'm broke? So I'm willing <laughs> to do that to be available for those auditions, to be available for all those jobs. It is, I, not uh, pat myself on the back kind of way, but it is very rare to be that a lot of people do that. And I'm very, 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 very freaking fortunate. So for me, no, no side jobs, no. Um, um, if, do you count selling heroin? No, just kidding. I don't. Sell <laughs> I've never paid for it. Thanks. Well, I mean, he's a, he, I give. I give my friend discount. 
Um, but yeah, no, no side jobs. I live, eat, and breathe this, and so it's 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 a risky endeavor for me. But uh, um, without going to, I guess, too many details. But yeah, my my acting jobs uh, pay the bills barely. Mike, uh, <laughs> how much do you want me to give them? I mean, whatever. You, I mean, it's up to you. Well, when I first moved out here, like I said, I was a high school teacher uh, back in Michigan. And I moved out here, and I wanted to pursue the career as well. So to do what I had to do to make ends meet, I wanted to bartend. I knew I could babble, so I could do that. And then I went down to the places like, uh, for those of you that know Los Angeles, I was down in Hermosa Beach, Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach. And down there, it was very hard for me to get a job bartending because down there, that's very, well, I'll keep it real, that's a very hetero area. So they want to look at pretty girls. Well, I thought, where can I be the pretty girl? <laughs> That's how Mike wakes up every morning. That's how I wake up every the, morning. Just want to be the pretty girl. Just once. <laughs> so I, uh, I, got a bar t- I got a job bartending in West Hollywood, and I did that for a while. And I knew nothing about the gay community at all until I moved to uh, California and started working in West Hollywood. And I was like, wait a minute. You cleaned house. I, it, I was like, wait a second. Everyone here is super cool and super funny. They're nice. No one's trying to pick a fight with me. And all the dudes here want me to meet their girlfriends. And they tip really well. Okay, so what's the downside? What's the down part? So I did that for a while. And like I said earlier, entrepreneur, being the capitalist that I am, I realized, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, and another thing that I'm noticing is that, like, everybody's ripped. Like, all these guys are in amazing shape. And it's at the time, uh, when I was teaching, I was working side jobs. Like, I worked for uh, Sylvester Stallone for a while. He had a company in 2004 called InStone. So I worked there slinging intake performance in his pudding. And I was doing that, like, on the weekends. I'd you, go into, you slung Sylvester Stallone's pudding? I was slinging his pudding, baby. <laughs> and, you know, the, the damnedest thing is he eats stuff that makes a billy go puke. So imagine what his pudding tasted like. Yeah, that's- <laughs> for soy protein, it was okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> You're taking this in so many directions. Yeah. I'm the one keeping it class. You know? But uh, so anyway, uh, so I was doing that on the side and I worked in the nutrition industry. So I had a background with that. So while I was bartending, um, I was also working for a couple different sports nutrition companies doing demos. I'd stand in a vitamin shop or wherever it may be and uh, stand there and talk about the product. So people come in and like, hey, can you tell me about blah, blah, blah. Can you tell me about this, that? And I would, that's what I would do. So I had an opportunity to invest in a company called, uh, am I allowed to say it? Is, it's, yeah. That's my company. Yeah, Why couldn't I, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, N101. They had one in Hollywood, and they were going to open one up in West Hollywood. So I was like, wait a minute. You guys want to open a store up in the middle of the place where I bartend, where everybody's super cool, and they're all ripped? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so I invested in that, and because of that, I was able to uh, you know, get away from the bartending thing. And now I'm, you know, I've got my, I worked in my store every day for a couple of years. We built it up to the point where I'm actually now, like you, Jeff, able to focus on my career. And yeah. you know, I've booked some, I had a guest star and some co-stars, so I've actually been able to uh, you know, keep, the, keep the train rolling. Yeah. So. I would think, I would think uh, the three of us probably emulate a very, again, not to like pat us on the back, but I think the three of us emulate a very rare or very unique subset of people that are willing to especially with a family that's a huge huge i don't want to say obstacle but it's a huge bump whatever it's a huge thing that makes it a little bit more difficult to make the horrendous of of sacrifices or whatever and so i think the three of us emulate a unique approach to hollywood um i mean we all have friends especially it's ironic because i moved from colorado and a handful of colorado friends moved from here almost all the exact same time and you you know just because of social media you can watch you can watch any social media and see who's doing what and why. And it's just, you, the city can either 
destroy you with 10 jobs or, you know, or make you, you know, you could be homeless, but, you know, working in the film industry, or you could have 10 bartending jobs, but also be paying the bills. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge, huge, but I think the three of us are very unique in that, like Mike's created a business with his fitness thing. I've been able to pull off enough with just, with just enough balance between the fitness industry and my acting jobs. And then, you know, and Sean. Oh, Thanks, yeah. my said way to you. <laughs> Very nice, by the way. What's going good. on with this? I'm like, this is great. How about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sean was like, who's he going to talk about next? I'm intrigued. Oh, it's me. Shit. Uh, no, for me, um, it's kind of interesting where my education before coming to LA led me to, uh, now because I went to school thinking I wanted to be a lawyer. Like college. And, uh, yeah, to a college, sorry. And then when I got to college, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to play one. Like, I don't want to actually do this every day. Um, and, you know, I was into political science and I still love politics and all that so of course I've done a lot of reading and writing and understanding and uh, gibberish and everything else <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up gibberish in a second but um, <laughs> that uh, since I've been in LA I've had probably one to two million side jobs so yes I've done that a lot <laughs> um, just whatever you know I could get to, to get a check and, and keep food coming in and then a couple years ago I started a production company so that brings in with the reading and writing and gibberish skills because you have to a lot of times just invent contracts like there aren't just standard contracts for every single thing yes there are in some cases but a lot of times it's like well what do you want what do I want how do we write this so that we both get it or so that you get exactly what you want or whatnot so a lot of times that's a skill that I found that people really want so they'll just bring you in and say hey I need somebody who can write this. Can you do that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Let me get a list of what everybody needs. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's funny how, like I said, you know, at first I thought, oh, I wasted all that time doing things in school. But no, I, it really helps now. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, did you four-year degree the whole nine yes. yards? Yes. So, but I didn't go to law school. So okay. But I you four-year degree like poli-sci? Right. Okay. I just so pulled that out of my ass. Wow. <laughs> were, you in a, were you in a fraternity or anything? I am in a fraternity, actually. It's called Am? Yes. Present tense. Yes, because with fraternities... You never leave. It's like a gang. Yeah. It's like the Marines. Right. Once, once a fraternity, always a fraternity. Exactly. Well, yeah, with the, a lot of people don't know that about fraternities. The only way out is either if they kick you out or you die. <laughs> and it's, it's for have life. Wait a movie, second. That's the Supreme Court, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Skulls? The skulls, exactly. <laughs> no, I haven't. Should I? You haven't seen no, the Skulls. It's, it's, it's a conceptually no. cool, but it's a crappy movie. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. Like, I like the idea of a secret society and the whole, like, you know, you must... It, but that one. Okay. It's a good movie, but it's not the best. It's a fun movie. It's if you like Pacey from Dawson's right. Creek, which I'm not going to admit to, he's in that. <laughs> but I will fight anybody that says otherwise. <laughs> um, uh, what I'm going to do, just for the sake of saving, we're going to pretend we have sponsors. I'm going to say, here's a word from our sponsors and hit save. So stand by. Don't say anything clever or witty. <laughs> okay, we are still rolling. Um the three of us need to create a movie together, yes. Um, what the th- oh, no, Sarah. Sarah um, yeah, my, we have uh, like 10 different fans going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my friend Eric from college, who uh, went on to be a geophysicist, is amazing at designing stuff. And uh, he designed this. So, Rock God Authentic. That's what Sean oh, So, she okay. said, cool shirt. And it's like, it is a cool shirt. I am sponsored by white t-shirt guy. And tonight, I am sponsored by Sumo Dan. I don't know what he's selling, but he's selling a lot of love. And there so it I was, is. I was very, uh, 
this is like, I was very subtly reminded today. Like I, I'm highly aware I have no fashion sense. I'm I'm never <laughs> I've never claimed to have it. I put on a three piece suit. I look good like at a distance, but if you get close enough, you realize the pants don't fit. Wait, so you're 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 good from far, but far from good. <laughs> that's Jeff. That's okay. my new that's my new uh, bumper sticker. <laughs> But like, yeah, you'll see ring around the collar. You'll see this. Well, actually, a lot of my three-piece suits. The uh, like, I have to get French. Because you're a tall dude too, but mm-hmm. I have to get French cuff shirts because they're longer. But I'll roll the sleeves up, and then if I go like that, they'll tear. So if I take <laughs> my jacket off, you'll see a tear right here on all my nice, nice shirts. So I have ring around the collar. I got tears in here. Um, what but, was that cartoon character? Remember the big when they became the big monster, and his shirts always fit to here, and he's like dragging his knuckles on the ground. Remember, he was like oh, in a talk. Yeah. You know what I'm like talking a about? Bugs Bunny kind of yeah, Bugs character. Bunny yeah. character. Remember, he was like walking. Oh, yeah, 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 he like yeah. had this thing going on, and you could <laughs> yeah. see like that much of his arms, dude. That's yeah. both of us. I'm that's, with yeah. you. Yeah, I remember. It's that. horrible. But, um, where was I going? With that? Oh, the fashion thing. So I was reminded today. Pretty much five. Like I parked. I got back from Palm Desert. Was parking as Sean pulled up. So I pretty much got back from the from Thanksgiving vacation. Was grabbing my laptop as Sean pulled up. But I was reminded by an individual. She goes. She's like. You know you your shirts don't fit, right? <laughs> She's like, yeah, no, I'm highly aware. I have no fashion sense. She goes, you're a little short. I was like, well, I'm a little tall. She goes, you know I have a chain wallet, right? And I was like, I know, but I don't want to lose my wallet. Like, I'm highly aware I have no fashion sense, which is extremely... But in your defense, because I would say body type-wise, we're both... Wait, am I allowed to say how... No. Six four. Six four. <laughs> We're both six four. We're both <laughs> and, uh, and that being said, it's a nightmare to find clothes. Tis, tis is true. So, yeah. but a lot of times, you know, again, are we allowed to say whatever stores we go to? Yeah. But fine. you know, like the Marshalls, Ross, TJ Maxx, all that stuff. I don't go there because I'm cheap. I swear to God, I go there because it, they have freak show sizes. Yeah. And it's like, oh wow, here's because I wear size 15s. Yeah, that's fun. Imagine for those of you watching what it's like to have to walk into a store and say, what do you have? I'll take it. So we had this exact conversation <sighs> on the road. Like, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I will, I'll go to the shoe section and the shoe section was the exact conversation we had. I'll look at the racking, look at the 15s, and then see what the shoe is. Right. Size first, <laughs> shoe second. Exactly, like, exactly. 15s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could use a penny loafer. Sure. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure, I could use some sandals, even though I came here for dress shoes. Right. And you never want to throw them away, do you? Yeah, God. Yeah. I've got these it's hard to be our size. So. Yeah. I do um, that, but usually at BevMo. Because uh, <laughs> I just look at the price, and then I see whatever it is. Whatever I'll drink. I want that. Okay, sure. Speaking of which, you like apple juice. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess, unless anybody has... Um, I guess that's kind of our Hollywood world. Do you guys have any sideways in Hollywood like life or shenanigans? or? I guess, well, I'll do some plugs, and then that... Odds are it'll set us on a side sidetracking, but um, um, God, Deborah, thank you. Um, basically, we'll do we'll do random side whoring of our our careers. December twentieth, Brooklyn Nine Nine. You'll see a tall Guido looking um, mafioso named uh, Nick DiTullio. Hey, Nick, hey, Nick DiTullio, um, played by yours truly. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's December 20th. Do you guys have time? What's the timeline of the thing you're shooting right now? Isn't that a great question? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. Uh, well, I got a book. Bu- coming up here, I've got a, um, I booked a show um, on National Geographic called How, or Now We Know. So now we know, and I play a Christian bodybuilder. <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> and it's not bodybuilder number two. I've got speaking lines and everything, but it's just I happen to be very Christian. Then uh, there's a show on MTV called Awkward. Where I got a co-star on that, and that's coming up as well. 
Then I'm going to have um, the series, the series finale of the Thundermans. I'm going to have a... Uh, for those a re- of you with kids. Yeah, for those of you with kids. It's on Nickelodeon. Yep. It's, uh, I've got a recurring co-star on that one. And then I just booked my first guest star on a Disney show called Gamer's Guide to Pretty Much Everything. And that'll be coming out as well. And that'll be, as, I think it's the season finale of that one. So the problem is, is I just don't know when these dates air. Yeah, that's the one thing in this city, and Sean will probably attest to on the production side of it. Let me know. Is I gotta you gotta constantly. It's it's kind of nice when you have an established series. And again, I'm not like plugging, but basically, like for example, Brooklyn Nine Nine. They're an established series. They're on every Sunday night on Fox. Oh. So I can sit there and look. Hey, I did episode episode eleven on season three. Go to IMDb, and you can do math. Basically, episode eleven currently episode ten is on December thirteenth. Do the math. Seven days, December twentieth, my episode. So, but they're not calling you saying, "Hey, Jeff, you're yeah, exactly. be on Brooklyn yeah, Nine Nine exactly. on uh, you know." So all my friends and family are like, "Oh, I hear you're on it. I got to constantly look at that and then like make sure I post on online and all that." So that's the uh, the nature of the beast with this industry. And um, I was I'm on a how do I say this without like there was a okay there's an NDA for the, this is a funny side thing I'm sure especially with you with contracts non-disclosure agreement um, it's it's a very standard well it depends on the project for the, the I would say the the coup de gras of all non-disclosure agreement examples would be like um, Star Wars and Blue Harvest like people tried to hide the original Star Wars so much that like even the reels as in reels as in the old-fashioned film strips were in cans and it said Blue Harvest so because Spielberg wanted to hide or Lucas wanted to hide wait yeah Lucas, Lucas wanted to hide Star Wars so much that he fake named it and so when it comes to like non-disclosures when you hear actors trying to kind of being slightly aversive and a little bit nebulous it's odds are they signed something that basically there's some ninja movie sniper off to the side if you say hey I was in this movie you'll get shot in the face Yeah. but basically one of the projects I'm in that airs March of 2016 it was the most ironclad non-disclosure agreement I've ever seen because it is okay by not saying the channel I can help it a little bit it's it's a daytime show that is so plot twisty matrixy that if any ounce of it is revealed prior to its air date, that I'll just crucify the world because there are so many plot twists. So that's a classic example of yeah, March 2016. That's all I can tell you. Whereas like Brooklyn Nine Nine, it's like it's not a, it's not we're not re, we're not rocket science here. It's a it's a sitcom. Yeah, Thundermans. It's a child yeah. sitcom. It's got a formula like exactly. <laughs> um, so and that's that's a kind of a sign of our times because ten years ago this was not an issue. There, yeah, there was technology. no such thing as as Facebook and you know Twitter and yeah. all that stuff. So like now, whereas you have people who will tweet out about an audition <laughs> they have, that oh, wasn't possible. I, you know, well, and you'll go to auditions and it'll even say like, "Don't post this on Facebook. Don't post this on Twitter." Marvel, yeah, or when you over oh, Marvel. Oh my yeah. God, reading for Marvel. Any Marvel audition, whether it's um, I, I'm sure Mike and I, although we don't look alike, we keep going to the same auditions. They're like, "Well, we know the guy with no hair or the guy with with hair." With hair, no hair. <laughs> but um, Agent Carter, um, Agent yeah, Shield, or the black version of Jeff and Mike. Yeah, there, no, right. there it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I, I like should that, say actually. to Kathy. You're we, the- need, we need the Viking with hair, Mike Foster. We need the Viking with no hair and tattoos, Jeff Foster. <laughs> we need the black version of both those guys with no hair. <laughs> Sean Hatton. Why the same three guys at all the auditions? Fuck, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hire these guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like Marvel, Agents, Agent, Agent Carter, Agents of Shield. 
those guys have that stuff locked down. Like you sell Do you get your audition when you walk in the room too? Like you you walk in and sign for it and they give you an audition if it's yeah, a co-star. Yeah, a lot of the big ones. I mean, Marvel has their stuff ridiculously locked down where you sign away your life prior to even getting your script to audition with because you cannot reveal anything. So true. You, um, and I mean, rightfully so because they, I mean, Marvel is probably the only, um, I don't know, what do you want to call it, production company that has actually got the formula spot on. Well, DC's on the up They're and up. trying. They're trying. They're getting Marvel, yeah, DC's trying. But they're, DC's they're, basically mocking, they're basically going, yeah, let's do a work for Marvel. Let's yeah. try that. Yeah. It's time <laughs> for the Justice League. Oh, They've yeah. got the Avengers. Yeah, so. but but come on, be honest though. When you do walk into that studio or when you walk into the auditioning over there on Larch- Larchmont, yeah. so you go into Larchmont, Wait, it looks like a house. house? Yeah, yeah, the house. It looks like a house. <laughs> and you walk in and see posters and it's like, Iron Man 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. Avengers 1 yeah. and 2. And it's like, the inner nerd is just like, and you know, to to your point about getting scripts and, and disclosure and all that, <clears throat> it's it's a delicate balance for production because number one, there are rules uh, from the union from the oh, God, uh, Screen yes. Actors Guild that say actors are supposed to have so much time to to go over their scripts before they audition for you. Um, it is possible to do what's called a cold read. That means they give you the script and then you have fifteen twenty minutes to you know read it, memorize it, and then give it give them the uh, performance. But you're, I think we can all agree. That you're not going to get the best performance with a cold read, yeah, because you're, you're pulling it out of your butt at the last minute. Yeah. It's, right. an, it's an improv, yeah. Exactly. It's an yeah. improv read. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's showing them how comfortable you are as a performer when you do a cold reading, but it's nowhere near like you would never want that to be your audition because <laughs> you're, like, you're really God, just don't use this. Yeah, you're rolling the <laughs> dice with a cold read. Yeah. Um. So it's it's that balance. Not to mention there are a lot of people who, whenever I go to panel discussions or any kind of industry stuff, and you're talking to other producers, some of them want you to have a huge social media press so, social media press automatic business yeah, yeah. and they they because they say hey this person has thirty eight thousand people who listen to them and i want them to to advertise about the movie i'd like to take a moment and say thank you everybody for being here and listen to what sean just said <laughs> we appreciate your help <laughs> i was going to say a perfect example of the audition process is this is we're still in hollywood news or hollywood life i guess is since i came from a theater background is in theater you have a monologue that you've worked on and you've rehearsed and you you know they have a 60 second monologue you know and then typically it'll be dramatic comedic or you'll you'll prepare a monologue and cater tailor it towards the character you're auditioning for so if it's a drama or comedy a cry one an angry one you'll pick a monologue and you can rehearse it and show show them what you have to offer whereas these cold reads yeah it's a shit show however <laughs> when it comes to marvel and I mean, I'm guessing, tell me your guys' thoughts, when it comes to Marvel or these these very character-driven, I mean, they're com- these are established characters in the comic book realm. The minute you walk in the door, odds are they already know just aesthetically. Like, you fit you fit the comic book or you don't fit it. Performance, right. we'll work on that. Right. But the minute you walk in, they're like, yeah, you don't fit, like, this. It, it's an established image. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's possibly why they go, we'll do the cold read, who cares if he can act? Right. We need something that looks like it that hopefully can act. And if he can act an improv, i.e. a cold read, all the better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, Mike, you know, perfect example. They're like, hey, we need to do the look six, you know, six, six with long hair and Viking looks. Why cool. couldn't they have made Thor a decade earlier? That's my <laughs> question. That's all I want to know. How tall is that guy? Hemsworth? Yeah. What is he, 6'3"? 6'3", I think. 6'2", yeah, 6'3". Six, 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 so that's three. not too bad a casting for the God of Thunder. I've got nothing well, to respect. I'm saying that compared He's... to, like, Tom Cruise and Jack Reacher. It's not that far. It's not that far gone. And you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Can we take a moment to just go? At, well, no, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want to publicly uh, fillet Tom Cruise, but I will say, 
One of the things, you know, this this is Iron Mike Foster saying this. So if Tom doesn't want to hire me in one of his movies, I'll be okay. Because you know why? Tom will never hire me in one of his movies, and he won't hire Jeff, and he won't hire Sean. Because the last time we saw Tom Cruise next to a tall guy was in 1987 in Top Gun when they just shot down the MiGs. Maverick saved the day, and he jumps out, and Merlin's behind him, who happens to be Tim Robbins, who's six foot five. And take a look what Tom Cruise looks like next to him, and you can guarantee that little feller said this. This is the last time I'm going to stand next to a tall person on camera. Henceforth, the three of us don't get roles with Tom Cruise. I said it. Bring it, Tom. Two, two quick stories to, to back up what each of you just said. So uh, as far as height, I knew a casting director from a really popular show on Fox that I love. I won't say the name of the show because this is a bad story. Yeah, and you want to learn to keep your job. Exactly. But the, uh, the lead character is rather short in real life. So the producers decided in the casting office they're going to put a line on the door uh, where you walk out. So that way casting would know if an actor is over this line and they're reading for a part opposite our lead, don't bring them back no, in because they're too tall. You never knew that walking in because you know you're just walking into audition. It's tripwire. But yeah, and so that means that yeah, exactly. That means no Holy matter what crap. you did when you came in the door. Boom, you're just kind of... You could be an Oscar-winning performance. It exactly. wouldn't matter. Well, that's a perfect example of, of this city. Um, actually, a crazy segue is so... Um, a family member asked me about... Like, like he, he didn't grasp the concept of, in this industry, you can put in 2,000% work effort and get 0% return. That's, that's right. potentially the possibility. Yeah. And so, like, I told him... You know, I won't say it, but like, I obsessively track how many auditions I've had since, like, January 1. The number is worth bragging about but it's high and he goes well why haven't you booked every one of you know like why do you have work for every one of those and it's just and it's literally because of it can be something from performance your eye color to the director casting directors having a bad day mm-hmm. it, skin tone you're taller than the girl i mean there are a bajillion somebody's reasons. got a nephew yeah, yeah there could be a <laughs> yeah. bajillion reasons you do or do not get a job and there's and as obsessive compulsive and anal and tight as i am even i have let go trying to figure out how to win like I want to know like I've done everything in my realm of possibility to do it but when it comes down to it you know Mike and I have got auditions for the same jobs the uh, the biker one we just did the biker one and then also the one with the rock yeah yeah and it, and, and the and, magnificent seven yeah a perfect example yeah and like yeah exactly and there literally is no rhyme or reason in this city why you get a job and that's I think the one thing whether it's a green person a kid or a new person or whatever it may be wants to is bordering on opening a vein is because like <laughs> there there's the one thing like I guess if there are is a tip to offer new people in the city is do one million percent what you can do mm-hmm. and outside of that don't critique it don't guess it because there's two examples one thing I went to a, a, a madman casting director after the series had been wrapped the casting directors did a little session over the SAG office and this was revolutionary to me they said they had cast and I haven't seen the final episode but they had cast a, uh, an actor in the final episode of the final show of Mad Men, of the whole run, that they had auditioned in the very first season, like one of the early episodes. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this guy isn't right at this time, but we're going to put his old-fashioned 8 by 10 pin it up on the wall, and come back to him. Seven years later, they go, okay, time to come back to him. And they got him, they did it, and X, Y, and Z. So you never know, it could be something like that, like this guy's not right now. Or like Sean was saying, too tall, moving on. Right. I mean, this this city is built on, and I'm it's good, bad, or indifferent. This built city is built on at the bare minimum superficiality, mm-hmm. and not in a derogatory way, but I mean, camera wise, a six six foot four, six foot five, six foot six, six guy, foot four, guys, cast opposite of a five foot two actress. 
I mean, you know, from production side, that's mm-hmm. if you pair them side by side, you have a foot and a half of empty space above that actress. Well, Uma right? was tall, right? Yeah. So, perfect example of. The opposite of that is like Uma Thurman, when I worked with her, she was ecstatic because it was the first time she'd worked with an actor that didn't need apple boxes, didn't need something to stand on, and actually made her feel like a regular small woman. Yeah. And so that's the superficiality aspect of it. Performance, I almost think, God, I would almost dare say it's almost secondary in the decision-making process. It's very true. Like it, Looks it, first and then... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to hit save. We're going to pretend as a sponsor for us and we'll... Because uh, this, is, this is gold. <laughs> solid this is, gold. This is forty-seven minutes of gold. Who remembers right the solid gold dancers? Ooh, anybody? Solid gold. You dancers. wouldn't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, Karina, what's the score? Can you yell at me the next time you see a score? <laughs> I've been online shopping. You got to wait four more hours. Cyber Monday. So, hey, anybody watching this? Tell me uh, what the Broncos Patriots game is. The score. Yeah, Broncos Patriots game. Anybody? Losing by seven. <laughs> I root for Peyton Manning. Mm, I'm not going to swear. I know. What? I root for Peyton Manning. I like still don't have Come on, tell me the dude isn't kind of funny. I love his capitalist spirit. I love that. Because he's just on everything. It's like, dude, you're not making enough money. You're taking all the money. I can't I love that. Now. And you wouldn't do it. Oh, I would do it a I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> to capitalism. Oh, to capitalism. <laughs> I can't concentrate right now. Oh, sorry. He's not playing. They're losing. Hey, uh, can I expound a little bit upon what you were saying with the whole uh, seven years later? Yeah. Just goes like, to, to, to me, when it comes to auditioning and that happening, there's two things that I would like to address. Number one is longevity. It seems like the people that we see in this industry have the ones that have been stuck, you know, stuck it out. Because a lot of people do come here. They do get those jobs, either bartending, waitressing, do what they can to get by. Mm-hmm. And after a couple of years, they're like, man, it's not worth it. I'm packing it up, moving home. Right. Or, you know, going to like, you know, Barstow and I'm just going to do meth the rest of my life or whatever it is. But, uh, it's an option. Oh, an option. And the other one is, um, I was going to say is like, the, what Jeff was talking about the audition process, as soon as you finish that audition, forget about it yeah. and it drives me nuts like, well it doesn't drive me nuts I think it's awesome when people ask me hey how'd it go but I never post when I have auditions because I'm convinced I'm going to jinx myself <laughs> so yeah that's why I never put them out there Facebook but it's like once you finish that audition the healthiest thing in the world you can do is forget about it Absolutely. because like Jeff said it's not about oh my god did I say get out of here as well as I could have or should it have been <laughs> get out of here <laughs> right what, what should it have been, Jeff? You're going to lose your... Like Jeff said, yeah. you're going to open a vein. Yeah. You know, maybe both femorals, even hit the insides. <laughs> Get them done. But but that being said, you have no control. Yeah. It's I just did an audition. Um, I actually had a callback for uh, NCIS. Perfect. And it was a Navy SEAL. I'm sorry, Jeff. He's a Green Beret. That's why. <laughs> so it was for a Navy SEAL, and I came out, and I, I know I rocked the audition, and they called me back. The problem is... is when I went in for the first audition and the callback, every guy that was there was between 5'11 and 6'1 and probably weighed a buck 75 to a buck 80, looked about 10 years older than me, had beards, long hair. And I was like, because it was supposed to be a long haired, like yeah. old, crusty seal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know what happened here. They're like, okay, well, the big guy, the big guy actually could string a couple of sentences together. Let's bring him back and just show production and see <laughs> if they want a big dude. But then I come to find out, like Sean said, mm-hmm. he's like, but your scene would have been with LL Cool J. Oh, he's like a midget. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. What's going to happen is like they're going to let, like, Sean, you called it. Like they're going to let LL Cool J come into a scene and go like this. Right. Yeah. And look up. It's not going to happen. So. And I've always said that anyone who is an actor or trying to aspire to acting, one of the greatest things you can do is go sit in on a casting session 
anywhere. I don't care if it's a low-budget production. Cody. I don't care if it's a big-budget movie because you'll be immediately freed of all of your superstitions and all your craziness. Um, last year, I was uh, able to cast a show, a TV pilot that I wrote. So I'm watching people come in to read for parts that I made. So I've seen these people in my head before, at least so I thought. And the ones who got the part are the ones who came in and they showed me somebody that I didn't know ever existed. They took the character in a different direction. That, is, that doesn't mean it's always going to work, because some people did that, and I was like, did you read the sides at all? <laughs> did you know what we're <laughs> casting? Because that's not what we're casting. But these other people, they just had a little spin on it. So while I saw maybe out of 30 people auditioning, I probably saw 10 that it looks like they didn't really read it. I saw maybe another 10 to 12 that did what I thought they would do. 10. And then the rest of them I saw something different and something just that, that that surprised me so like i said if you actually sit there and you see that happen live you're like oh my god I, i'm not doing anything as long as i'm giving the best performance i can that's all you can do yeah. you yeah. know the city yeah the city will the city will melt your soul if you overthink it oh of course i mean there's no way about it and I, well I, I, here's on the flip side of that and we should probably get out of hollywood world but on the flip side of that the one thing i think the three of us would agree on and i think it's rare is I have a handful of friends, peers, acquaintances, work, work peers that have, they got to the point where they've had that so much that they're jaded. Like, I would rather, and this is just me, it's, I don't think it's right or wrong or better or worse. I would rather have those crazy highs and lows because I put everything into, I mean, Michael will attest to it. Like, I've, I've had a couple roles, especially for like Marvel and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and um, a couple new, like Flash, for example. Where I put everything into it, and so when I didn't get it, my soul was crushed. <laughs> so really, it's a catch twenty-two. It's a catch twenty-two because if you get jaded and neutral, like that's a miserable way to live your dream. As as cliche and like huggy, lovey dovey as that seems, this is like a lot of people's dream. I would rather have crazy highs and lows and these crazy insulin spikes of emotional ups and downs mm-hmm. than go, oh, didn't get that role. Mm. Oh, I got this dream of this lifetime role. This dream of a life. This role of a lifetime dream role. Oh well, you know I'd rather come, cry, you know, skyrocketing and crashing down than mm-hmm. live this like this almost like this drug haze of auditioning process. I right. mean, I think a lot of people get to that like God, like I, and I'm not knocking a, a handful of these people that come to mind, but God, it sounds so miserable. They just seem so sedated yeah. with mm-hmm. their life right now. So that's um, the uh, the one that I, if I could expound upon that for yeah, a moment yeah, yeah. if we have a moment I had an audition and I actually got a call back for a um, I think it's called Going Under it's a, it was one of those untitled at the time but it was a uh, Bruce Willis movie like Jason Momoa a bunch of people are in it and it called for the role of big giant muscular drag queen well going back to what I said earlier about where I bartended no straight man is going to drop a purse like this girl so I went and I went all out, all the part where I had a Manny Petty and I had my nails done for real. Wait, is this I, the picture that's floating around of you? Yes, <laughs> yes it is. And I had Karina straighten my hair. And I mean, I had a dress. I, mean, I literally, and the best part is I went into Marina Del Rey, which is, again, predominantly oh. heterosexual. I go in, I do the audition, and I'm leaving. And this is like at 1045 in the morning. I got to tell you this one. This is great because I know both you guys will appreciate this. Thank so. I am dressed in full drag, ready to rock, all right? So I do the audition. I go walking back out to my car. Literally five minutes later, the phone rings, and it's my agent. And he's like, you're never going to believe this. I'm like, what? He's like, you got a call back. And I'm like, holy, this is great. When? And he's like, 4.30. And I'm like, oh, my God. So do I drive oh all? Oh, my God. Yeah, boy, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. 
was so in character. I was. I was very excited. So I was like, oh, this is for a Bruce Willis movie? Awesome. And my scene would have been with, with Bruce. So I, so basically, I'm like, wait a minute. Do I want to drive all the way back to Glendale and then all the way back here? Or do I stay here and hang? Well, Karina made it very clear, my fiance, made it very clear that my hair needed to stay straight to continue this character. And if any moisture touched it, that the curls were going to come back. See? You see what I'm dealing with here? Does anyone see this? So, this is what I'm not dealing with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when living in the South, so, that's all I heard from girls. I was like, oh, this moisture is killing my curls. Right? right? So I was that girl. So I'm like, <laughs> it's happening. So I was like, well, this isn't any good. So I'm like, what the hell am I going to do from 1045, 11 o'clock in the morning until 430 until my audition? I was like, I'm going to go to my business in West Hollywood. Of course, that's where I'll be safe. So, I go, and for those of you that aren't from LA, West Hollywood is a very um, gay-friendly city. Rainbow flags the fly. Epi- the epicenter. The epicenter. Yeah. Yes, I'm in the epicenter. So I, I drive in there, and lo and behold, unbeknownst to my knowledge, it was Gay Pride Weekend. So I had a fabulous time. I hung out at my store. People came in, and they were like, "We haven't seen you in so long." Oh. We had no idea. We had no idea. And I'm like, that's right. <laughs> so I, it was great because oh, I kept working on the character all day long. And I went back and rocked it. But getting back to what you were saying, I was so jacked for that. I mean, think about it. How many straight guys out there can say they were at 11 gay prides in five years? I can. I can. <laughs> Sorry. I was proud. So uh, I went in there and I'm like, this is my role. I, there's no way that I went through, well, not went through, I had a blast, but there's no way that I've worked at a gay bar for, what, six, seven years, went to all these gay prides, been to, I, I've, well, every Sunday they, they showed football and drag. Yep. So I've probably seen over 100 drag shows and I'm like, this is my role. And then when I didn't get it, that highest of highs, yep. shh, oh, yeah. boom, oh, son of a... Drag queen! I'll round out the segment with a quick story of mine like that. So, years ago on Fox, there's a show starring Eliza Dushku named um, Dollhouse. Okay? And I actually watched this show. It's the only show like that I was really watching, and I loved the concept of it. And uh, Joss Whedon was the creator of the show. Oh, I got a call for an audition uh, as, a, as a new character on the show. And so I go in there. I didn't know Joss Whedon was in the room when he was. I, I didn't know what he looked like at the time. I go in there and I do the audition, and it was a great audition. I mean, he actually said, wow, you know, somebody who's seen the show, like, that was great. And like I said, I didn't know it was Joss Whedon at the time. I went home, and I looked him up, and I was like, oh, my God, that was Joss Whedon right there complimenting my acting. The next day, I get a call that says, hey, you got the part. Great. I'm going to be a character on a Joss Whedon show that I actually love. Perfect. I'm on cloud nine. And then the next day, I get a call that said, hey, uh, Fox canceled the series and they wrote oh. your character out. So, in 24 oh. hours, I went from spending all my new Fox character money <laughs> to not having anything at all. <laughs> so, oh yeah, dude, I had the best vacation planned out. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's like literally said. the dream come true job. Yeah. Like, that's the, I, I made it moment. Right, oh. and, and, and especially because, I mean, as, as you guys can attest to, like, when you actually like the show. On yeah, top of helps. getting a part on it, that you know, a lot. like uh, for example, you know, any show that I've been on, I really never watched. 
other people I know watch, they're like, oh my god, you're going to be in a scene with this person. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's Jake. He's cool. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it's not that I'm ungrateful, but I just, you know, it's different when it's your show that you yeah. like to watch. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> we're basically heroin addicts is what we're telling you. Yeah, we're just, exactly. We're chasing the Up dragon. Up and okay? down. Yeah. <laughs> well, well speaking of which, before we get off Hollywood, if I may ask, uh, you know, we're all chasing the dragon. Who's your dragon? What director... If you could pick any director that you could work for and have an actual role, not just, you know, big guy yeah, number yeah, two, yeah. all right, who would it be? Ben, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> oh, sorry, Ben Affleck. Okay. Right off the jump. Didn't yeah. you think, you've been thinking about this for a while. <laughs> yeah. You have some sort of a bromance going on that I'm not aware of. <laughs> um, I do have a bromance with Ben Affleck, but it's honestly, I've been watching it and... Uh, <laughs> Alicia, the girl, we do Hippie in the Caveman, the other podcast. She always gives me shit about this, but... Um, He's he's kind of had this weird nebulous like this weird career transition from actor to director and like as a director he seems to, he I think he's next like he will be the next I, brilliant I, I so, agree and I, that's why and I and I've interviewed or I've seen interviews with him and I've seen like like even like um, what is it uh, Jersey Girl do you guys see that mm-hmm. Kevin Smith movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. utter failure Kevin Smith constantly rips on this movie and I think it's one of the best movies I've ever seen to be honest with you like as far as like. They were doing the the video, um, the DVD commentary, and I'm pretty sure Ben Affleck did not come up with this statement. I think it's a theater background statement, but he said something like, "Living realistically and imagined circumstances." Like there was a moment where, in the movie, if you haven't seen Jersey Girl, Ben Affleck's character yells at his basically uh, where this is where he and J Lo met, and in the movie, J Lo's character spoiler, yeah. J Lo's character, the end. yeah, <laughs> J Lo character, J Lo's character dies like in the openings. Five minutes in the movie, like you're like, oh shit, J Lo's dead already, huh. and that was Ben Affleck's character's wife, and so he's left with a widow. He's widowed and has a daughter. And in the movie, Ben Affleck's character yells at his daughter, saying, "I wish you weren't alive. I wish you would have died with your mother." And Ben Affleck like loses the character loses it, and that was the part in the DVD commentary where he goes, "You know, these are the moments where you just got to live realistically and imagine circumstances." And whether that's, a, I think it's a, honestly, I think it's a theater quote. But the fact he brought that back, I'm like, holy shit! That is, ex- that's all acting is. It's we don't need to blow it out of proportion. We don't need method act if you choose to. You don't choose to. At the end of the day, you're pretending to be in those real world, like when we were playing cowboys and Indians as kids. Right. And then as I see him direct, and as I see him do all these amazing things, and I think see him coming back as an actor slash director, I really honestly want to jump on that bandwagon and have a bromance on Ben Affleck. Watching him in Fargo, <laughs> knowing that he exactly. directed it and he's the lead, he's carrying the movie, yeah. and he's directing it. Uh, that yeah. sold me. I was like, this guy, yeah. you know. And so, he, yeah. He's like he's like where Clint Eastwood started. Yeah, and that, that's you what know? I'm saying is I think he's coming. Yeah. He's yeah. new. And uh, side note on that, he was a, they screened uh, Argo at the Telluride Film Festival, mm-hmm. and I snuck into that. And the way I <laughs> snuck into that is I paid the cheap, like, $5 entry fee. Went into the bathroom after the free screening. I put it. I took my shoelaces out of my. Oh God! Oh no! Oh, we're back. We're back. Right. <laughs> I took the shoelaces out of my shoe and made a fake um, lanyard, hid it under my shirt, and then when his screening started, I put up my cell phone in my ear and put on my Ray Bans and walked to the lobby, of the thing, and I just kind of went like this and like took my like my shoestring and acted <laughs> like it was my my like pass. Yes. And they let me into the screening of Argo, not edited yet. It still had all the weird cuts in post production sat down and I acted like I was on my cell phone the whole time and I was like holy shit there's, it was Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner were literally in front of me and I, was, and I didn't realize I'd snuck into this movie because like, they wouldn't release what the, the main event was so oh, yeah. I actually didn't know I'd snuck into Argo wow. so I took a nap for about two hours in the toilet 
at the bathroom at the Telluride Film Festival to see Argo. And then they had this huge interview with some L.A. reporter. And So, yeah, that, at that point, that's where I was like, I saw him, especially with Argo. That's where he kind of, what was it before that, Gone Baby Gone? No. Was uh, that after? No, it was uh, The Town, wasn't it? Yeah, town, The Town. Yeah. The Town. And I just see that happening, and I see him being the new next. Like, obviously, yeah. there's some huge traditional ones, like... You know, Lucas Spielberg, Quentin Tarantino, like you see the, the big ones, yeah. but I see like the ones that are going to be next and sustain and go on from here. I think, honestly, I, as much as my bromance aside, I really think he, he's on his neck. He's, he's the next wave of the new directors. So, Mike, director, director Dream. Well, you got me sold on Ben Affleck. I mean, that's, yeah, that's why I never saw that one coming. You that, Mr. Affleck? I converted. Yeah. Cast me. Uh, so, uh, um, I, I've got, actually, I'm going to say two. One for vanity reasons, Zack Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> Zack Snyder can make picking your nose look cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Everything he does, Watchmen, the new uh, the new Man of Steel, oh, and you know all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and I first stumbled across him in Dawn of the Dead because um, the original George A. Romero classic, which is one of my all time favorites, the 1978 Dawn of the Dead is one of my favorite movies because of the social commentary. Mm -hmm. I thought it was amazing. And how Zack Snyder did drift away from the social commentary, I saw how he made that and the homages he made to it, and I was like, oh, this is visually cool. Yeah, because I was guilty of this. He's the one that did the mall version of it with Tyrese. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, So for those of you who don't know, that um, that that was Zack Snyder's. Yeah, Zack Snyder did the reboot of Dawn of the Dead, which is a reboot, which not a lot, I don't think a lot of people saw the original. I loved it, but I didn't know Zack Zack Snyder until you... Pointed that out. Yeah, so like it actually that was his the, first um, movie. Jack or Duffy, Duffy, the character from uh, Modern Family. Oh, yeah. uh, Ty, uh, um, Ty Burrell. Ty Burrell. Ty Burrell. Yeah, he's actually one of the main characters in the movie. In, in that, in that, I in, love that line where he's like, you know, everything was fine until they started falling down. And is everybody dead? And he's like, well, I don't know. They they were when they fell down, and then they got up and started eating everybody. He was an asshole. He was such an asshole. Very different than Modern Family. Yeah, so if you like Modern Family, watch uh, Dawn of the Diff. But then, you know, after that, then he did 300. And I think any red-blooded American male uh, that saw 300 um, yeah. all of a sudden went, I'm going to go to the gym now. I was going to say, gym membership spiked by yeah. about 150%. And so now. did spray, spray on abs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's not why. Yeah, that's true. But I would say that for the vanity purpose, but as far as, like, as an actor... Uh, there are very few people that if they walked in this room, I would fall apart and not be able to talk. Like, blah, 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 blah. And that would be uh, Clint Eastwood. If I had a chance to work for that's, Clint yeah, Eastwood, it would, it would, I, I wouldn't know what to do. That's I would just go, example. you're Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Yeah, that's a timely one. Like, we, he's got a shelf life left. He's, yeah. he's, he's, and he's still, everything he makes. I mean, like, for example, even Gran Torino. And no offense, but the Asian actors in that movie were absolutely horrific. The only good acting in that movie was Clint Eastwood and the barbershop guy. And his shotgun. And his shotgun. And his shotgun. <laughs> yeah. his shotgun was a shotgun fine performance. Yeah. Right. And, and the one guy, what's, uh, what's the black guy's name that was um, the one who was, what you doing here, old man? And now he's, he was actually in a few new movies. Good? His career's starting to take off. Yeah, I saw him at the last meeting, but I don't remember his name. What was he? <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I was at Jess. I was like, all right, here we go. Who's that black <laughs> actor? We know you guys hang out. <laughs> No, but you know what I'm talking about when he pulls up. There's only oh, four yeah. of you blacks in Son Hollywood. Son of a... I could have... You know what? <laughs> I thought that was getting glazed over. I was like, I'll just leave that. Yeah, right. no, you're going to toss me a softball and I'm going to hit it. <laughs> well, the point bad. being is when he pulls up to the three fellas, we'll leave the race out of it. The gentleman who... Uh, yeah. The gentleman that was coaxing the Asian actress into... Uh, yeah. He was good too. But other than that, it was a terribly acted movie. And it was oh, awesome. Yeah. 
You know? Yeah. I mean, would you admit the acting in that movie was bad? It was, you know, they needed some work. Yep. <laughs> but was the movie not <laughs> Maybe amazing? Maybe some better editing. Yeah. yeah. Which oh, yeah. goes to show how awesome Clint Eastwood is. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Little American Sniper. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Heartbreak Ridge, one of his yeah. first ones. Come Sean, on. Sean, director of Dream. Um, well, for me, it's going to be two guys, but for different like parts of my profession. So, first... As a director, I love Quentin Tarantino, yeah. and I wouldn't want to be directed by him because I would want to actually see what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see him directing and okay. like study from that and be Makes like, sense. oh, you know, I want to, I want to take that guy's notes. And then as an actor, I would love to be directed by Peter Berg, who um, we were just talking about yes. his movie. One of my he favorite did, uh, guys. Yeah, he did Lone Survivor. Um, Rundown. He did Rundown. He did uh, Hancock, which a lot of people didn't like, but I, I thought it was, was I a love great Hancock. movie. Yep. Um, and I really like him because, A, he was an actor, or he is an actor, so yeah. he understands what you're going through when you're on camera. Yeah. Um, I've heard directors like Michael Bay don't really kind of respect the process of acting, which can make it difficult for us if you have a director who doesn't empathize with you. Yeah. But um, And also, Peter Berg has a vision that... You know, most people don't have. We were talking about Lone Survivor earlier, and he does things that other people don't understand. And like, why did he do that? And then later in the movie, you're like, oh, that's why he did it. Yeah. So, you know, I really appreciate that. I've been trying to cross paths with that guy. There's a boxing gym I go to, and I've mm. been trying. Like, I know that's where he goes. I'm yeah. just like Peter Berg. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to like concentrate. God, if I could just bar Peter Berg, knock his jaw off his face, I'll like, cast that guy. He might hit me again. Right? <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the '80s horror movie at the end of the '80s called Shocker? With yes, the, the guy that was jumping in the movie, yeah. yeah. Peter Berg was the high school kid. Well, do you remember Aspen Extreme? Huh. X Men Extreme? Aspen Extreme, where he was a skier? No. I knew that movie, but I didn't know he was in it. No. Yeah, he's like the main character. Did Second, know? Like he's the, the, I don't want to use the word sidekick, but he's the sidekick of the main character. Well, I know he's in Copland. Even bigger role than that. Copland was great. Um, the, One of the my great favorites. White Hope. The, I'm sorry, the, the Great White Hope. The Great White Hope. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. And did you know that he also directed Very Bad Things? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just awesome. I love that movie with uh, Christian Slater, Christian right? Slater, yeah, yeah. and uh, Jeremy Piven. And unfortunately, he directed Battleship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, that, that I think that's the one he's chalking out. Of. That was actually not his fault. I read a, an interview with him where he said, like, he came in one day uh, to a meeting with the studio, and they said, "Hey, we're going to give you, uh, like, we're going to double your budget, and you're going to shoot in like the South Pacific." And he said, "Well, I wasn't supposed to shoot in the South Pacific." But, why are we doing that? <laughs> right. And they just said, okay, you know, and whenever that happens, that's death of a movie. So yeah. uh, they, they killed it at the studio level. Surprise, surprise. Mm. All right. We have to reset our live video. I know, we went that long. So part two. When mine happens, would you... Uh, well, oh, wait, I got, let's see, we got some... We got about a good six minutes. Peter Berg, I remember him from American Flyers. Oh, Laura, American Flyers. Mitch Pelegi was in Shocker, I know, right? And he was also in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Remember, he was yeah, the white supremacist yeah, guy. Yeah. Uh, well, since everything's taking a crap for a moment, I'm going to hit save uh, work from our sponsor. Joe. Work from our sponsor. Yeah. Which is not true. Michael Bay would be epic. Michael Bay would have a lot of explosions. Okay. All right, we are back, finally. Okay. Um, I think we could probably get away from a little bit of Hollywood crap. Let me see if there's anything that spawns any thoughts. Hello, Gwen. Blah, blah, blah. Editing, psychosis, no problem, depressing. Uh, oh, I have an idea then. How about if we want to get away from Hollywood? What do we talk about? Why don't we talk about maybe hobbies or interests we have that are yeah, outside yeah. of Hollywood? I'll buy that. Yeah. Like, what do we do to get our minds off Hollywood? <laughs> yeah. um, Drink apple juice. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, 
so yeah, I guess segment number whatever this is is uh, me up. what do we do outside of Hollywood? Um, that, um, Teresa, I don't want to talk about the game. What do we do outside of Hollywood? You'll see pictures of friends and family or cohorts or peers. Um, for me, I have a lot of friends from Colorado. You'll see them hanging out at the beach with their loved ones and <laughs> so on and so forth. Uh, what do I do outside of Hollywood? I don't do anything. <laughs> um, no, you I, don't. Yeah, no, I really don't. Yeah, you don't. Um, I go to the gym, which to me is fun and therapeutic. It's my zen, but I also it's also part of some another tool in my Hollywood toolbox. Um, but did, but now, honestly, do you feel that you would be you know out of shape and not really care about your fitness if like tomorrow you said eh, I don't want to do Hollywood anymore? Yeah, no, good point. Like I would still go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I've always done that. It's always been a part of my life, whether it was in the military or. Um, Outside of firefighting, it was, the gym was still there. However, now it's become a uh, an asset in the hiring or in the casting process. So, to a fault, I would probably say that uh, guys, girl, guy friends, girlfriends, family, every everything in between, to a fault is is pretty much constantly pissed at me because I don't do anything outside of Hollywood. So. Mm. I'm probably the right end of the spectrum of... You don't even do anything here when I try to ask you to do yeah, stuff. Like Mike and I are like a foot away from each other. He's like, do you want to do something? Like, no, I got stuff to do. So, <laughs> Fine. I can't even do anything with my own family, let alone the guy that like lives a foot away from me. So. Right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm, the, I'm probably, uh, admittedly, the right end of the spectrum of bordering on unhealthy because you, even if it's your dream, doing it too much... It becomes uh, exhausting, so I'm the right end of the ex- extreme. But Mike, what do you do on? Uh, I was a firefighter, so I, Mike, what do you do in the middle? What do you do to away from Hollywood? Well, away from Hollywood, I like to travel. Your voice was very in a world. Yeah, <laughs> the way you said that. All right, you could have heard it on my headphones. That was I was like coming soon. Yeah. My answer in a world <laughs> where Mike Iron Mike Foster lives. 2016. That's right. 2016. He's going to be doing a lot of traveling. <laughs> He's going to go to a lot of concerts. My new favorite band, Sons of Texas, hopefully will come back to Los Angeles. Yes, Mike goes to a lot of concerts. I yes. go to con- actually, uh, Karina uh, is she's all about concerts too. So we have uh, season passes to the Hollywood Bowl, which is awesome because we saw Journey. They're, they saw them kick off their summer tour. Believe stop believing. Not, you stop believing, <laughs> or you're gonna stop I believing? Said, Don't stop believing. Do you, why would you? That's the advice. <laughs> why? Why would you stop believing? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to stop believing, Jeez. Sean? Not now, man. We've come so close. Calm down, Hulk. <laughs> right. uh, so, yeah, that. So, I love concerts. And another thing, too, is because, like Sean, unlike Jeff, we're flatlanders. And, uh, you know, he's from Florida. I'm from Michigan. And Michigan oh. is flat as a board. So, I got out here, and one of my biggest fears is heights. Like, I don't even, like, if I dunk a basketball, I don't even like to hang on the rim scared of heights, right? <laughs> so, that being said, I, uh, I took up skiing. Went brilliant, right? <laughs> and I did that to overcome my fears. And it started off, like, um, for those of you that ski, the, the, uh, the, you know, the greens, like the littlest greens ever. For those of you that don't ski, the bunny hills were really scary, all two and a half miles an hour. I'm like, I'm going to fall. And now I'm rocking out some, uh, some, some blue blacks and some blacks over in, um, you go to Mammoth, Tahoe, uh, Big Bear, Snow Summit. Uh, for those of you around LA, you'll appreciate this. Uh, when I want to go totally ghetto, I go to Mountain High. And, and not for the people, for the fact for that it is the, the it is just the most beat up looking. I'm sounding bougie right now. Yeah, it's the it's say. the most beat up ski resort I've ever seen. Like you go there and there's like parts of the ski lift missing with pads, you know, that are chewed up. Can, can ski trail and ghetto exist in the same universe? I don't know. <laughs> to those that wear North Face, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. I can. Right. 
Chrysler. No, it was a spider. <laughs> I got to tell you a story, man. So, SPY. So, yeah. yeah. So you, you know about this stuff. Yeah. So I know nothing about skiing. So Karina, my fiance, when I say Karina, she decides that she's going to start throwing. Uh, she wanted me to get me a ski outfit because it was her first time skiing. So she gets me the spider hey, stuff. Tim. The worst skier of all time is flying down the mountain at all two and a half miles an hour, falling over in spider gear. I'm that guy. Like people look at me like, "What? You were in spider gear and you suck that much?" It's like, oh damn it. My ski pants have duct tape on them. From sure. A, from an accident I had where a rock ripped my ass open. And I'm you like, probably can ski like James Bond did. Uh, yeah, exactly. Not much better. Yeah. But yeah. So, Sean, what do you do uh, to get away from Hollywood? Um. Well, like yourself, I love fitness, and uh, so I'm into that as a lot. Uh, Mike has recently gotten me into hiking. So that's kind of a new like thing for me, just you know, climbing up rocks and mountains and all that stuff. So that's fun. Plug the drone. Um, yeah, plug the drone. <laughs> the um, you know that's true. Uh, he just got drone. me into. <laughs> Get it? Sounds um, like a sex move. The reverse Oreo on the plug the drone. Plug the drone. <laughs> No, we, uh, we did recently kind of get into drone photography, but that really circles back into Hollywood because we always, we, we talk about how this ties into work, you know, and, and that's, that's one of the things about being in, in our industry is that a lot of your regular life just kind of always seems to segue into that, you know. Yeah. Um, but what else? Um, I love politics. Like I said before, I went to school uh, for political science. So I love reading about politics and getting into the debate. The only problem with that is the more you get into it and the longer you're into it, the more you're like, I've heard this message. This is this many years ago. You know, this is that kind of thing. So um, cycling. I'm not a big sports guy. I'm into boxing and mixed martial arts. So anything UFC or boxing related. You love Ronda Rousey. (laughs) Ronda Rousey. That's, um, you know, she's an uh, MMA fighter. That's all I'm going to say about her. Uh, And then finally, what I do to run up my time is uh, my daughter. She is... uh, just the biggest blessing that I never knew I was going to get. Um, I waited until my 30s to have her because I knew that 20s something Sean was in no way ready to have a kid. Um, yeah. right. And then uh, and then we so I, I spend a lot of time with her and my wife and we you know do the whole family thing. All right. So yeah, I think we'd be we'd be um, a little off if we didn't tap into fitness because that's a lot of things. We all touched on that anyway for our um, what we do outside of Hollywood, and I guess um, are those real sips or practicing? No, Gwen, these are three cups worth of whiskey in our system so far. So apple juice. apple juice, <laughs> yeah, it's apple juice. And when did it become whiskey? Okay, you know here. Oh, okay, here's a perfect segue. It's actually not a perfect segue. It's a very very forced segue. <laughs> so we had just discussed prior to this um, when it comes to fitness, we all probably wrecked ourselves over Thanksgiving. We all, for our own personal reasons, have stuff to train for. Or uh, one of the things in Hollywood is, without getting into back into the Hollywood thing, trying to drift away from Hollywood because not everybody cares that much about it. Is um, we're not The Rock, we're not Hugh Jackman, we're not you know whoever it is the the, the hero of the week. Where they're like, hey, get get in set. You have six months, get in shape. Whereas us, it depends. You know the 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 amount of time where each the three of us are willing to dedicate is is fluctuates a little bit. But basically. We're always want to be at the ready. Mike does a lot of photo shoots. Sean does a lot of photo shoots. I do a lot of photo shoots. Also, we do a lot of roles. And the extreme, the extremes we're going to take that. It's better to always be ready versus not ready. Whereas, like they're like, okay, we know we want Hugh Jackman. Give him six months, he'll he'll look like Wolverine. Whereas us, it's like, can you be ready tomorrow? So it's almost <laughs> better just to stay ready. Yep. Which I don't want to necessarily say. I guess we probably each take it to our own level of maybe healthy, unhealthy, good balance, not balanced. I would say I'd probably go to the right of unhealthy as far as like social, like socially. 
Um, but so on that note, we all wrecked ourselves over Thanksgiving one way or another. Even, I mean, this, the fact this is even happening is... Yeah. is <laughs> this is the last time you guys are ever going to see this happen. Let me tell you right now. substantial. This is it. Uh, but again, that's part of the starting the, tomorrow. The, the yeah. striving, Jeff. Starting tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So starting tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. So it's a very proverbial, <laughs> very cliche joke of starting tomorrow. It's always on a. It's tomorrow Monday too. Yes. Oh God. Let's start on a Monday. <laughs> How many cliches is that? How many <laughs> diets? Can we do no. chess tomorrow? Yeah, I was going to say, you do chess tomorrow. Please, that's, can we chess? How many chess, huh? So the running joke is: How many diets and how many days always start with chest on a Monday? Right. Basically, Mike, Sean, and I discussed for our own reasons. We're all going to do this. Um, this basically a fourteen day. I don't even, uh, basically it's a bodybuilding contest prep. Uh, no, John, I didn't, but basically, um, for whatever reasons, we're going to follow a, a 14 day pre-contest prep, which includes everything from the absurdity of you do a sodium load, you do a carb load, you do sodium depletion, you do water load, water depletion. It's by Jim, Jim Stepani. Um, he's on bodybuilding.com. Um, it's called the 14 day, uh, photo shoot prep or 14 days to a photo shoot ready body or whatever. So we're all going to do some sort of massive reset, so to speak. Hmm. And so even though we hate cliches in the fitness industry and we mock them re- uh, more just relentlessly, we are succumbing to one of them, which is, hey, we'll start tomorrow, which happens to be on a Monday, which is one of the biggest <laughs> running jokes. And so in the spirit of that, that's why Jeff is drinking a drink. Um, I spent four days justifying it. Um, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I Be will. sure to tune in December 31st. For the same cliche that we'll say again, <laughs> yeah. start tomorrow, man. The last two uh, New Year's, I've actually been the guy at the water cooler drinking water because actually I actually had a photo shoot. I had a photo shoot scheduled that actually went over Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Worst time ever to plan yes, a photo shoot worst ever. Time. So ever. basically, Sean and, I, and Sean, Mike, and I are going to do that. I don't. Each of us are going to do our own level of involvement. But for Jim, I'm actually going to take a picture a day. Um, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm realistic. I, I know I don't look like a 600 pound overweight, you know, morbidly obese diabetic patient. But I'm you actually, could do some more cardio. I could, <laughs> but I've actually gained Just some body fat compared to the body the photo shoot that was recently <laughs> released by Furious Photography. And I'm actually going to show the reality of what 14 days can do of just morbid focus and show what people kind of uh, the the thing I've always promised to do is the truth behind the scenes of. Like, I'm, I, I'll pull off what I can pull off in 14 days, and I'll actually show the reality of poor lighting or good lighting, showing that, hey, Jeff Bosley has no abs today. You know, because Thanksgiving, I wrecked myself. I drank a lot of uh, alcohol, which, water retention. I didn't drink enough water. I drank tons of salt. So I'm actually going to show, holy shit, Jeff Bosley has no, no, no six-pack. And I'll show that picture, and I'm going to show 14-day progressions over that. And so, but basically, I don't know what I was with this. So Mike, Sean, and I are having alcohol and right. shitty food tonight. <laughs> and as, as my continued dedication to superficiality goes, I promise to Photoshop the absolute shit out of every picture. Because he's in production. Because, he can do that. Yeah, I, yeah the whole so that's, truth. Yeah, yeah. Pay yeah. no attention to the man behind the curtain. That's yeah. kind of my motto. <laughs> that's why, yeah, if you're in production, you can Photoshop ass. Because we're trying to... You don't sell steak, you sell sizzle. So, <laughs> so in the spirit of that... That's um, where are we going with fitness? I was trying to do a fitness set away and I lost it. You just gave him the tip. Um, just yeah. a you tip. Know, I, just a fitness tip. I think, um, I think that that actually leads into something that we can kind of, to even get further away from Hollywood and just talk about what everyday living and what people do all the time. Like, um, how does one recover from holiday binging? Because, I mean, the three of us have vested interest in getting back into shape. 
you know, yeah. the, the guy who's going to work, you know, in the factory tomorrow, he has no photo shoot coming up in three weeks. He doesn't have these the same obligations that we do. So, and, and trust me, guys, we're not, there's no pedestal thing. We think this is hilarious that people pay us <laughs> yes. for this kind of stuff. It's like, you want somebody to go work out and get in shape and take a picture of me and that's going to get me money. Okay, great. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, for people that have, you know, regular jobs and they're doing their thing. Um, what does the post-holiday look like for them when they want to try to get their health back? Um, well, I guess we, I think what's funny about the three, or the uh, unique about the three of us is we, we probably, not even, I was mentioning our relationships, married with kids, fiance, and whatever the hell I am. <laughs> but beyond even relationships, we also, we also represent a huge, pretty much you name the topic, we probably represent a, a different part of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say the extremes, possibly the extremes depending on the spectrum, but we represent like we can actually represent a, pretty much everybody in the population can identify with one of us right so i think in a way we could have you know so for me i'm the guy that doesn't have a kid doesn't have a wife i have a dog and an obsessive personality disorder so for <laughs> me getting recovering from the person from the holiday tradition i'm sorry can i just tell him what i just heard in my head yeah. we got no food we got no jobs okay take it for I'm sorry. <laughs> Proceed. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. That's all I heard in my head. That's your voice in my head, okay? So, touche, mother trucker. Uh, <laughs> so, that's the best thing ever. Mike's my hetero, hetero, hetero-like mate. From so, West Hollywood. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hetero. So, I, I'll probably, admittedly, represent the extreme version of it as soon as this podcast is done. I'm going to be going to cook a bunch of chicken, a bunch of asparagus. Push-ups. No push-ups. I mean, I'm going to admit, I just had more alcohol than I should have. But basically, I'm going to start tomorrow morning um, the Jim, Jim Stepani's 14-day photo shoot prep, which will include now, uh, I think the first seven days is carb loading and, and massive amounts of sodium intake. And I'm starting it tomorrow. And so for me, because of knowledge and experience, I know exactly what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, so for me, coming out of Thanksgiving, um, it's definitely going to be a lot of cardio, smart carbs, um, food timing, and cleaning out the crap we just ate because I know I had more sugar, more simple sugars. Oh, I have a question though. So many croissants. This this, this carb load thing you speak yeah. of for the next seven days. Yeah. Is it really necessary? I'm, I'm just asking. I mean, I know we want to start theory. fresh. No, that's a good theory well, because kinda, I technically already did. Yeah, I was going to say you. What I'll have... probably do in the 14 day thing is is subtract probably four days and just pick up where I quote unquote left off. But you're going to use clean carbs, clean not carbs, yeah. stuffing like, and corn yeah. casserole. I, I, okay, let me put it this way. It's every morning. I'm very fortunate. The house, the place I stayed at. So there was the, <laughs> the shit too. There was the Bosley compound, no. the, the main house. <laughs> like the, I, I joke and it almost, it honestly seems like there's going to be an ATF standoff. So if you look, if you see the, the Bosleys of Waco, Texas, <laughs> if you see the pictures, when I posted them today, if you post them, piece them together, you'll realize the substantial amount of footprint this place takes up. We had a Bosley guest house and it was a two bedroom house with one. I mean, it was better than I've lived in a long time, but every morning I woke up and there was a, no, trust me, no offense, but there was a bowl of chocolate chip cookies and like Oreos with like that were dipped in chocolate. I'd be dead. So be every dead. morning I was like, you, you know, what? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I need a, I was like, I need a sugar load before I go to the gym. Seven Oreos. You know, I just, I was just shoving it in my face. So I've had a simple sugar load of at least seven days worth more than more calories than I've had in a, 
months at one time. So I'll probably, yeah, like you said, I'm going to assume, pick up probably where I left off. I'm pretty good on the carbs right now. So for me, the extreme, where we're getting at is how do people recover from Thanksgiving holidays? So for the extreme person that's willing to like not neglect a wife or a kid, pretty much my me, my dog, it's going to get stupid. Um, it's going to get a little bit masochistic. Um, <clears throat> However, yeah. however, though, to take that in a completely different direction, how the average person, you know, uh, comes out of their <laughs> out of their little Thanksgiving Day coma. Yeah, a lot of people just keep the downward spiral going all the way through the holidays and justify it till no, January. Exactly, and that and that's and that's when you always hear about you know the average American gains up to fifty. Well, gains fifteen pounds. In between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Right. Because that's exactly what happens is like where we at least are like, okay, because of our careers, after we just came off Thanksgiving, we got to jump on something else. Right. Where a lot of people just like, ah, you know, no, December's coming. And then boom. And then what happens? Then they go to the gym. And because they have either no information or misinformation, they'll just continue that down. You know, they'll start off, okay, January 1st. We're, you know, hey, we're going we're gonna to do it, man. Yeah. We're starting with chest. And, <laughs> and they're going to do their diet and their workout. And they joined the gym and they ordered, a, you know, a, a case of Metrex or whatever the hell it is the kids are doing these days. Phosphogen. Yeah, no, There it is. And they take wow. this stuff and it's like they go at it about two and a half, three weeks. And then it's like game over. And then henceforth, we have an episode epidemic of obesity and diabetes in this country because our food is evil and it's not about a diet and it's not about it's about a lifestyle and unfortunately you know we can you know we have the ability to look at these holidays as we're okay i'm going to splurge for this day i'm going to splurge for a couple of days but we know we got to jump back into it and thank god because i mean i, I can't speak for jeff on this one but sean and i are former fat kids so i, I have to say husky Yes, husky. Okay, husky. <laughs> Sean was husky. I was fat. I'll say it. Everybody out there that knows me knows what I'm talking about. And that being said, is it was a lifestyle. I didn't. We didn't know what we were doing, and uh, and that's what you know. We now because we have educated ourselves in the realm of training and nutrition, and, and you know, and, the, and basically overall lifestyle change. We can, you know, just dip into the evil carbohydrates and fat loading days and jump right back out and try to fix it where a lot of people don't. And they continue that downward spiral until they get to the point where there's like serious health problems. And I think that, Jeff, you actually touched on this in a video earlier today. Um, you didn't know we we're going to talk about this specific thing, but you posted a video on your on your page where you talked about how you felt really bad oh, yeah. after working out, you know, and eating like this for a couple of days. Yeah. And I know for me, when I started my fitness journey, if you want to call it as a kid, uh, one of the first things I did was I just instinctively stopped drinking regular soda. So I stopped drinking, you know, any kind of Coke or Pepsi, and I would only drink like a Diet Coke or water. And so after a couple of weeks, I was uh, doing a treadmill and just running, trying to lose weight. And so I had one Coke after just like maybe three or four weeks of no Coke. And then I went to the treadmill and I could not finish the time that I had built up to and I was mad because I was running. I was like sprinting for like 45 minutes. I was just going and going and going. Like people would t tell me like, oh my God, you're just going to kill yourself. But I was, I was, you know, trying to lose weight. <clears throat> and after one Coke and all the sugar that's in there, I just couldn't do it. And that really like demonstrated for me the power of food. And I made that connection. I'm like, you know, I had one Coke after getting all that out of my system. And it, it just ruined all the progress that I made. You know, it is it's, absolutely, and it's one of those things that I think most people don't get to experience. Most people don't get to experience that exactly. Well, I think that's the one thing about diet and nutrition. Mike touched on is not a plug, but it's, it's highly applicable. Is I run a fitness group on Facebook called "Fitness is a Lifestyle, Not 
not a fad. Not a fad. Thank you, I just blanked. <laughs> Fitness is a lifestyle, not a fad. It doesn't need to be this huge, I'm going to do the Atkins diet and then I'm good. It's just do it and consistency and all that. Right. And then you'll, your body, it, I would admit, like I remember the very, actually I still use the exact same scale, but I remember when I first started doing the whole weigh your food crap. It was um, like my first year of college, and I was actually taking my scale, hidden in my backpack. I took it to the round the corner in the backside of the cafeteria and would weigh weigh my meat, weigh all this. I, I was typical OCD. He's still doing it. A little it. OCD. Nothing's changed. He still does it. Yeah. But the thing is, is once you change, just like anything, there's some, isn't there some like scientific study where it takes like seven times to remember a phone number? Or like there's yeah. like some scientific 30 study. 30 days to make it a habit. Yeah, yeah, to make it a habit. And fitness and lifestyle and diet nutrition and all that like it is it is miserable right off the bat and i think mm-hmm. people want instant results i do too i mean I, if somebody could just give me a pill and like fix the world i'd take oh, it absolutely. but the problem is so those don't right. exist and so if people could just muscle through that first month maybe even two months of the establishing that lifestyle not even really weighing your food but just changing that course of habit then you'll realize okay i've got this coasting process i'm good at it and then when you eat like shit like i mentioned on that video you're like, holy hell, mm-hmm. I feel like crap. Right. Back to what was easy, which is ironically, the maybe even weighing your food or even eating clean. And so that, that, that it, you can actually flip that transition around where for me, yeah, I weigh my food and all that. And I've been doing it for almost like 15 years. And for the last four days, I've eaten like shit, yeah. like horrible. And I, I had more sleep and have felt less rested than when I've been running on four hours of sleep with clean food. Yep. So, and Mike, Mike's always on my ass about... Still, what I eat, a lot of the uh, the guests I was with over this weekend were still on my ass about a lot of the artificial sweeteners I eat, a lot of the cancerous <laughs> stuff I eat. Don't get me wrong. I agree. I could eat a little cleaner. And I, I mean, you and I know a, a certain gentleman, I won't name his name, but he still preaches, like every time you see on his Instagram account how he mentions, like, I quit eating GMO, like genetically modified organisms. I quit eating start, or, um, 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 gluten. <laughs> Don't Dude, don't even get me started on gluten. <laughs> I'm not judging. Celiac disease is the next zombie apocalypse, man. But They're I everywhere. Do, but I do agree that if you can, it's financially, un, 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 I can't even wrap my mind around it financially. Even if you were Stallone, it's still a hit. It's a Trying fortune. to eat every yeah. day at Whole yeah, Foods. It's a fortune. And, yeah. However, I would like to think that you could, if you can eat that perf- perfectly clean, everybody I've seen that does it, whether it's GMOs, and or starch or um, and or um, non cruel. What, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> Dolphin safe, fair trade, <laughs> all that stuff. Or organic, gluten free, <laughs> free range, whatever. Let's say you can do all of that. Right. Everybody swears it changed your life, which is great. I'm all for it, but I can't afford it. But until then, I do know from the last four days, com- comp- comparatively, even though I was eating like not the best gluten free and all that bull crap, eating. Sugar and starch and holy crap! I the, going to the gym. I I, I was with the per, who was. <laughs> you guys can see my face trying to still be generic. Oh no, the, no the, names the involved. Comp, the company I was Organism. in. The company. <laughs> the person that had a pulse who I was interacting with over vacation was like, "How did you feel during your workout?" I was like, "I felt gross. Right. Like I wasn't hungover. I wasn't. I guess I was food hungover, but I felt just." Yeah. Dude, you 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 you've <laughs> definitely you've opened my vein now. Like I said, because the thing of it is, is you talk about those two months, and that is the point when people get what I like to call like a self actualization. 
they can actually start to become understand their own body how it works. And when we're constantly, you know, eating the the typical American diet of processed foods and not going to the gym, it's very difficult to achieve that. When you do take the time to start going to the gym and eating clean foods, you can see how your body was meant to run. And then when you do eat all this garbage, that's like we're talking about. We notice the difference. Like I'll never forget for me my moment of like holy shit, this is bad, is when right, I ate a blooming onion. I'm not going to lie. Okay, I ate a blooming onion from Outback. All right? And I remember the next day going to the gym and hopping up on a bike and just on a bike. That's kind of pathetic, but just doing my little thing. I wasn't going to work out hard enough to get a little sweat going, and my sweat smelled like fried onion. I've smelled smelled like vodka for the last 96 hours. Right. I mean, you just can smell it coming out of your pores, and it's like, wait, yeah. Some, oh, curry for sure, but that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. Not well, <laughs> um, well, you know, we got a little off track, but but um, you know what I'm saying. But when you when you actually you know when you do work out and you do stretch, and I know I'm starting to sound a little bit like a hippie right now, but when you actually become you know they talk about Bill Phillips back in the day with EAS, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Colorado, they talked about the the, the mind body connection, and that is true. I mean, you actually can feel like I know for me when I eat lots of, and maybe this is the Midwest in me when I eat lean red meat and harsh green vegetables, broccoli, kale, Brussels sprouts. My body just works better. Yeah. That could be that whole blood type diet. I know there's a big thing on that. Yeah. But that's I know that's how my body is going to function optimally. And when you do start throwing in all sorts of like sugary carbs, and like I said, the part Italian of me is always craving breads and pastas and all that stuff. But when I eat it, I get tired, I get sluggish, and I feel like shit. Yeah. When it's green vegetables and meat, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Well, I think your body... At the end of the day, when it comes down to like the biology of the body, it's achieving homeostasis. And if you're trying to build muscle, lose fat, basically you're playing on your body's need to achieve balance. Right. So you're like, I'm going to lift heavier weights, so the body goes, I'm going to make more muscle. I'm going to eat thin, so the body's like, shit, I better burn fat for energy. Right. So you're always constantly trying to trick homeostasis, your body's homeostasis. And if you've achieved, home, achieved homeostasis through your diet, the minute you throw in that variable, which yep. for me was starchy foods, chocolates, sugars, and for me, tons of alcohol. Like this weekend was debauchery at its finest. <laughs> and, and then, I mean, to be vulgar, but it also shows what your body is rejecting it. I have spent more time on bathroom breaks and like the road right. trip home mm-hmm. was constantly revolved around a freaking truck stop bathrooms because my body's like, uh-uh, yeah. uh-uh, going uh-uh, potty uh-uh. is not vulgar. It's part of life, okay? <laughs> Everybody poops. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. And speaking of which, fitness tip number three, when you're, uh, when you're getting ready to get back in shape, eat a truckload of fiber. Yeah. Anybody out there that's got like, you know, when you go through yes. the little diet we're going through, they're getting ready to happen, fiber it up as much as you can. It hits your stomach and expands yeah. and kills your well, on that note, I guess we're to keep because we're at an hour thirty six. I'll try to steer the ship a little bit. Uh, we were talking about recovering from Thanksgiving. Obviously, I mentioned the extreme. Mike touched on like kind of the middle ground, um, and I'll, I'll segue to Sean with this. Is, is a lot of people need uh, somebody actually touched on this, and I think three of you would agree. And I try not to drift too much over to the comments because it's an open Pandora's box, but. Gwen uh, Coleman is a really good friend of mine. We've done fitness stuff forever, but she mentioned... That was her... Go uh, If you go down, I saw Gwen. But it was another one. Oh. That, that's cyclo- cyclo- cyclical ketogenic dieting that's above and beyond. What we yep. talk about CKG, right that is definitely advanced... Uh, it's true, but... Deep okay, water. So, yeah, and, and I think Sean could probably touch on this. Recovery should include lots of water, vegetables, and clean foods as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So all of us, it's Sunday night. Everybody has a proverbial, well, I'll start Monday morning thing. The three of us probably are going to do some version of this, and all of you, we should highly suggest this. I even throw in um, a fiber supplement, like flavorless Metamucil into a, a shaker tonight. Get your vegetables in you. 
get your body basically as as vulgar as it sounds get the crap in you that's going to clean you out right vegetables salads lettuce fiber water you need to get that shit out of your system and, and if you're going to be in the toilet and if i may the yeah. more you clean out your digestive tract the easier it is for your body to absorb nutrients henceforth you don't need as many calories i mean you, you keep saying the vulgar thing not to be vulgar but let's just say all those little areas where digestion takes place if there's stuff caked up on the walls right. it's a little difficult for nutrients to get through and absorb well, through probiotics the, probiotics like crazy on that but uh, but that being said, it's very difficult to do that. So the more you clean that out, the easier it is your body for your body to digest things, and you don't have to take in as many calories. Yeah, and you know, something I can touch on because uh, Jeff, you mentioned the unique situation that I'm in, as far as unique with the three of us, yeah. is that uh, you know I do have the family situation, and I do have two other people who are eating and being in the same house. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the best things about my wife is that she is in no way, shape, or form involved in the entertainment industry. <laughs> that's the best thing. That's you know? the best, yeah, uh, that's so awesome. I'm going to give you a salute yeah, on that exactly. one as well. <laughs> Same here. We because love you, actresses. I don't. <laughs> we love you, but uh, I don't know where I stand with the individual. In the you'll make no. Industry. You'll make no stand right now. Well, because until you, know, you get I, married or engaged. Being, being in the entertainment industry makes you, in some ways, very neurotic. It makes you very obsessed with things, you know. And you just have certain uh, problems, you know, that that most people don't have. And then if I had to live with someone who had the same issues, I'd be like, oh my God, get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, so you're saying we're the drama queens yeah, in our relationships? I, I think a, little, a little bit. Yes, we are. But, um, you know, for our situation, it's, it's a little different because, you know, she needs Thank to make point. food or, you know, the three of us need to eat or whatnot. So, I mean, the only advice I can give for that, if you're in that same situation where maybe you're trying to watch what you eat, but your spouse is not, um, not that my wife eats poorly, but just to, you know, I have a very strict diet. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is that the diet is never really going to change. It's not like, oh, Jeff is going to eat these foods and that's, that's totally different from Mike's foods and that's totally different from my food. I mean, we're going to be eating basically the same way. But what you need is a partner who's going to understand that and who's going to either adapt or just say, okay, look, I'm comfortable taking care of everyone else's meals and you take care of your own meals. Because it really, you're not going to change the formula. You're not going to be the one person who eats pizza and sausage and bratwurst and buns all day. And, oh, that's your diet and you're going to, you know, that's your version of eating clean because you have a family. That's, that's, that's not going to happen. If I may, I, and I love what you said, oh, and, I, and I do understand because, you know, we've done nutritional work with so many people that that is quite commonplace. But I will say in my situation, I learned a little something from you mm-hmm. when you were talking about your daughter. Saying like, I'm like, you know, because I don't have children, nor do you. No, no, I do not. No, we do not. We have dogs. No. We no, have dogs. No, 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 <laughs> We've got dogs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Actually, it's funny. I just heard Howard uh, Howard Stern. He had Willie Nelson on, and Willie Nelson was talking about some people that had come up to him in his life, and like, "Oh, I'm your son." He's like, "Oh man, that's great." You know, that, I like that he accepts it. He doesn't even fight. He's like, probably, he didn't even fight it. That's what's crazy <laughs> yeah, part. Yeah, I probably have kids. But you were telling me like how she, it's not, you're not catering to her. She needs to get on your level. Right. You know, it's like, you know, you're bringing her into the world. You're going to show her what she needs to do to be, you know, a person. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. Like with, with I was fortunate enough with Karina, you know, when I go through this, I'm like, I'm going to be cooking like this. I'm going to make this, 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 and this because I do the cooking. I love to cook. As right. Jeff mentioned earlier, mentioned earlier, uh, stay tuned for more Iron Mike's Kitchen with uh, Jeff Bosley and Sean Hampton coming soon. Uh, if you go to the YouTube channel, I, I don't know if it's Iron Mike Foster or Michael Foster. Anyway, I did videos I with this guy. Video, yeah. yeah, you guys got to see it. It's I great. Seen it. You haven't seen it? No. Oh, I do all my own editing. <laughs> so Hollywood. But uh, but but that being said, um, with Karina, I was lucky enough that she got on board. So Jeff, um, and I'm going to give you one of your plugs here. Your yeah, t- was it Titan Meals? 
Uh, Icon Meals. Icon Meals. Icon Meals. Code now, Titan for 10% discount. There you go. So Icon Meals, Jeff had all these like little pre-made you know, meal things ready to go. So we've got all these plastic things in the house everywhere. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start pre-cooking meals. And I did. And I started giving them to Karina. And she's like, this is great. Right. So that's where some people, obviously not all, but some people can be like, look, here's I'm the one that does the cooking in the house. Right. So I'm fortunate enough where it's like, hey, it's, you know, like if I ever had kids, it would be like, oh, you don't like that? Tough. Yeah. You'll get hungry you know, sooner or later. It's, it's, it's so funny that you mentioned that because um, I got my wife into watching Breaking Bad. So we are watching, you know, we're doing the binge watching of Breaking Bad now. So last night we're watching uh, season two and I go and grab a snack. So instead of grabbing popcorn or chips or whatever, I grab this big bowl of Fiber One cereal, the original Fiber One cereal, which is a great modern day just you know bowl of fiber in front of you someone told me about that i think his name was mike i, I don't know oh, i was gonna say that sounds kind of familiar <laughs> but um, you know i'm eating it and tell them my... your trick though tell them how you make it taste good because if not they're gonna be like sean you're a dumbass oh, man. why would you it. eat that i just eat it well because you're a machine yeah well i, I do a boss no yeah. yeah i just eat it straight up i if, don't, I don't uh, make it taste good <laughs> the flavor chef over here is going to jump in for one minute and tell you this much if you do the fiber cereal like sean said which is genius if you've got late night munchies or you're hungry do your low calorie almond milk and get a little bit of that, and I know we talked about the, the artificial sweeteners, but this is the one time I'll splurge. Mm-hmm. Get your favorite sugar-free, fat-free, like coffee creamer, and you only need a little bit of it. Whether you know they have the pumpkin spice, hazelnut, whatever it is, it will make that almond milk taste like that, mm-hmm. so you don't have to inundate the thing with you know honey or anything like that, and keep your calories low. See, Didn't even me, jump in. No, 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 it's okay. It's a good tip. I just ate it straight, like as if it was chips. And uh, <laughs> my wife has this funny. Yeah, I'll tell you the, the story why I did that in just a second. But um, my wife has this running kind of gag that my daughter will eat whatever I'm eating and she does like she I always share food with her well I call it share I think she calls it I'm going to take his food I don't care what he says because she just walks up and just starts taking it so I'll eat you know spinach raw just out of the bowl I'll eat the, the fiber and you know I told my wife I said you know if you if you think about it if this was a bowl of Cheetos or chips or if this was a Coke or whatever she would be eating and drinking that yeah you know but my, my daughter loves water and she loves like I said fresh vegetables tell me what happened up there the protein shake. Oh, yeah. You know, um, after oh, yeah. a hike, uh, my daughter was here at the house, and we come back in, and Mike makes a great protein shake. One AI Sports Nutrition. Yeah, AI Sports Nutrition, best protein shake ever. And uh, my daughter wants that, like, because I'm eating it, so she's like, oh, I want that. So she's just eating all these foods, and it's like I'm teaching her to eat healthy, and it's not because I'm really thinking about it. I'm just doing it. And, and that's, to me, something that more people need to think about. Your kids are just in really the same way. You know? Well, and I was going to say, a lot of this, I'm, uh, I'm reading comments and listening to you talk. A lot of this doesn't have to be as intimidating, intimidating as it sounds. Yes, I whip out a scale and weigh all of my meals. <laughs> that is just how I function. There are people way more ripped than me, way, more le- way less body fat than me that do not weigh their foods. So be it. It's tomato, tomato. However, it doesn't need to be that way. I'm like, I'm... Re- there's a woman here that just said, I lost 100 pounds by using the size of my hand with the amount of food I ate, and I cut the carbs and sugars. So size she literally, palm. that's an old-fashioned thing. Mm-hmm. I think Bill Phillips touched on it. Yeah, size your palm. I'm going to follow up. How much chicken should you eat? Size your yeah. palm. Like, so it was portion control, and it was, right. it was the lifestyle change of the portion control. You don't need, this This doesn't have to be as, like, I, it's ironic. As much as I try to help people, I'm probably the most intimidating version of dietary assistance possible. I'm the guy that you see whip out a scale and most people are like, whoa, 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 that's too much. It doesn't actually have to be that way. I'm just too obsessive compulsive to do the portion control with my palm on my fist. I don't know if this is too soon, but let's (laughs) keep it real. 
that, and I'm going to say this because I, for all of you that know what's going on, if he is convicted, which I think he is convicted, I feel good saying this, that tub of shit Jared from Subway. And I say that because of what he did. Is he convicted? Good. Then I feel good about saying that about him. Anybody that would take advantage of a child. But point being is, is that here's a guy that was like 600 pounds Mm -hmm. and all they did was, everybody's like, well, eat Subway. That's good for you. Well, yeah, but when you go from eating two pounds of bacon a day and burgers and fries and all this stuff to weigh 600 pounds, like here's three six-inch Subway sandwiches a day, Mm -hmm. of course you're going to lose weight. So that being said, and whatever your body type is out there, you know, it's all about, like Jeff said, it is portion control. You know, I say that everyone who, anyone who's interested in losing weight or changing your body, here's the first step you should take, and it's not intimidating at all. Go to your app store on, you know, Android or iPhone or whatever. Download an app called My Fitness Pal. We don't get sponsored by them. I get no money for this, but I just use the product, so I know it's good. It's a food tracker. And track what food you eat. Everything you eat. Don't change how you eat, but just everything you eat, log it into this little app for seven days. At the end of seven days, look back and see what you've been eating. And it'll be very obvious to you why you are gaining or not losing weight. Because once you track your food, you start to see what's happening. And you start to see why you're going through whatever. Yeah. And I think any good, that's the one thing about personal trainers. I'm not knocking them. I have a couple of good friends that are personal trainers myself. You can go to the gym and lift heavy things and ride bikes forever. And if your diet is shit, it's none of that's going to matter. Um, I don't even know the statistic or if it's just something that's been beaten to death with a wise tail. But I've heard it. 80% of results is in the kitchen. So you can do all that crap at the gym. I know a guy that had a massive, massive bedridden surgery. And all he did was diet and use resistance bands. And that got him ripped. He didn't. It was all diet. So at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's just diet. So it's that portion control and it's changing that lifestyle. And any good trainer worth their salt. And I think, any ironically, trainers need to keep clients to keep the paycheck coming in. Right. But ironically, if a trainer's good, they'll work themselves out of business. So if they're actually doing a good job, they'll train their clients out of not needing to come back. Any good trainer will say what Sean just said is, look here... Uh, Track your your diet for a week, and holy shit, it's revealing. Yep, it's like, very obvious. After I would, I would. This sounds a little arrogant, but I would venture to say what we did in the last four days for Thanksgiving holiday, sadly, represents what Joe Blow public eats daily. Absolutely. And when you see that, like I could even say the amount of Oreos I ate, the amount of alcohol I drank, the amount of potatoes I ate, the amount of croissants I ate, the amount of sugar I ate, the amount of right. pancakes, syrup, chocolate. Did I say chocolate? Did I say Oreos? <laughs> you said croissants too. Okay. Well, you seem to have a thing with croissants, huh? You should have seen the amount of crap I ate this week. And see, I think it's funny because you instinctively do that. Like, you know, whenever I have food, I would either count how many whatever I had. Yeah. Or I would take a cup and I'd be like, okay, well, this is one cup of, you know, pure chocolate or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, you know, I was going to eat it. It didn't matter. But I still in my head needed to measure it. I still <laughs> needed to be like, well, I need to know how much of this I'm eating. Yeah. You know? Well, ironically for me, it was ignorance was bliss. I was like, I'm going to brainwash myself because I crushed some food. I was like, turn Jeff off, consume Oreos. Like, it was disgusting. Glucose disposal agents and prey, boys. Yeah, there was some disposal, but it had nothing to do with glucose. The question is, if we're going to do the 14-day prep, does this lead up to an epic cheat meal? 
No, because, okay, perfect segue, <laughs> actually. So anybody that does any sort of, this is a little selective in that, like models or fitness athletes or bodybuilders or actors even or whatever, or anybody that just wants to kind of clean, clean their system that is not doing some stupid lemon cayenne diet, pepper diet. Wait a minute. Cleanse. Are you not going to my fat burner? No, but you know what I'm talking about. The, 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 oh, the maple cleanse, the yeah, lemon cleanse. Yeah. yeah. All Cleanses right. are bull crap, in my opinion. However, but the right. thing, the reason I'm doing it is because I trained for that Furious Photography shoot, and I did the whole epic, like cheat meal, like rock worthy, and Michael attests to it. Holy I, my God, it was it was epic. I, it was well, actually, it came right after uh, Karina decided to have the little um, neighborhood gathering. So yes. she went to for those of you from LA, you guys will appreciate this. She went to Portos. Porto's, yeah, Porto's Bakery. So she had these like croissants with filled with potato balls and guava and all this crazy yeah, stuff. Calorie bombs. Jeff, basically. I, I honestly, God, think you ate at least half a dozen potato balls, which yeah. each one has got to be at least what seven hundred calories. Yeah, at least uh, those croissants. Remember the guava ones? Yep. I mean, there had to be at least anywhere between half a dozen and a dozen. Uh, you might have thrown a protein shake along with the whole situation, maybe. But there was so many pastries and so much fried stuff. Yeah. And, dude, you ate it all. Yeah. And so, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, Porto's, Porto's is the devil. So you see what I'm talking about? <laughs> this guy, one day I would have like fed a small elementary so, school. Well, and here's the thing. And I think any of us, the, the best thing about like, bodybuilding or fitness is if, if they're the extreme example – it shows what can actually happen to you in like the a day in the life of normal person example. So I did that. I got I trained down to retard. I mean, obviously the photo shoot. But somebody just chimed in and said good pictures. By the way, yeah, they're a little photo not photoshopped in that they're fake, but they add cool lighting and cool colors, shadows. Yeah. And colors are cool. But I posted pictures the night before where I just got my spray tan, where I had like negative percent body fat. I had zero water under my skin. The picture, you know, blah blah blah. However, the problem is, is, and this is what a lot of people do on their diets, ironically, I had the cheat meal that Mike was talking about. My body said, thank Christ, let's suck all of this in. Sodium, shitty sugars, all this stuff. I had ankles like a pregnant woman. I still do, <laughs> I still do to this day. I'm still, like, what was that, a month ago? I know, I'm always like, elevate him, Jeff. Yeah, like a month ago, and I still have... Take your ibuprofen. <laughs> I still have puppy pregnant lady ankles. Because you I have cankles. I have cankles. You have cankles. Because I depleted myself so much, and then I went to that cheat meal like you see, and I'm not knocking the rock or anybody that can do it for whatever reason. They figured out their nutrition, and it works for them. But I did the cheat meal that was, like, godlike. And as a result, I, my body said, thank Christ, let's suck all this in, and it backfired. So the reason we're all doing this, at least me, I'm doing this 14-day thing, is to bring myself to, I'm, I'm going to normalize myself. I have re- realized that whether it's the fitness world or just Joe Blow guy just trying to be healthy, I am a guy that at my age, my metabolism, whatever it may be, I can't do cheat meals anymore. I can't do six days of perfection or six and three-quarters days perfection, 25% shit it did not work it backfired it doesn't work for me it might work for the rock it might work for so you know joe bull so and so but i don't know how you go on that side you know well something to point out with that um being the you know having the the production background um yeah yeah, yeah. you know when you see the uh, this is for for everybody and you know this better than anybody when you see the rock and he has the epic cheat meal photo or he's got the, the the 15 second instagram video for whatever that's a photo 
Yeah. You know, the rock is the rock is sitting behind a stack of pancakes, and he took a picture and he said, "Hey, epic cheat meal." And and don't get me wrong, I love the rock, and I think he's an inspiration not only in our profession but in the business world as well, because um, he just uh, he has a great setup in every way. But that's a picture. Yeah, you know, when you see him standing in front of 20 genius pizzas. point. Yeah, he's standing in front of 20 pizzas. He's standing there. He took a picture, and he might have eaten a slice, or he might have walked out. You notice you don't see a video of him pounding down Eating all this all food. of it, yeah. Yeah, you just see a, a picture. Yeah. And it, it's, just, it's so powerful, it, those pictures and those images, and they stick with us. Oh, the rock yeah. ate 20 pizzas. No, he didn't. He took a picture in front of 20 yeah. pizzas. Unless I saw him do it, he didn't do it. And that's actually a good point. Yeah. Now, I, this is not a plug. I, I love her. I killed a workout with her, but, like, I... I Social social media introduced Mike to her Paula Paula Norden Nordine. Yeah, mm-hmm. she'll oh, yeah. post pictures. Okay. She'll um, I would actually say maybe forty eight hours ago she posted a picture of herself like just a selfie where she like took a breath, blew it out, flexed. The lighting was perfect, and then she did another selfie picture and like split the screen where she was relaxed. The lighting was crappy. Exact same body. One looked like a Photoshop goddess, and the other one looked like I don't know crap. And so that's the thing is with 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 I don't know, this world is it's extremely deceiving and and I, there are, I would say there's extremes of deception and there's just extremes of slightly not accurate you know like <laughs> like even right now I could I could go down to my bathroom take a selfie and make my abs look great just because of lighting and this and that when in reality they're not that great three hundred the lighting they had they had makeup they had Photoshop effects and all that stuff. dead CrossFit. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, that's CrossFit. No, it was Jim Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's a random side effect. Let me see if there's anything else here that we want to go on the fitness world. But yeah, yeah, does yeah. anybody have any questions over there in Mike and Seanville? Mm-hmm. Anybody? <laughs> uh, more than well, happy some to say hello. Some good stuff. Nikes. Yeah. Um, what time is better? I don't want to get too crazy. Um, Gwen has diabetes patients. No. Yeah. Nobody's got anything to say? Anybody? We'll answer answer we are not taking our shirts off. Damn. We're not? <laughs> uh, what did I sign up for? I thought this was a shirtless shoot. Yeah, We're sorry. not doing it? No? Sorry, West Hollywood. Well, as long as the video was linked to our PayPal accounts, we'll pretty much do it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's... Okay, yeah, so we talked about subjects. That's fitness in Hollywood. Um, God, I want to talk about some juicy stuff. I can't think of it. Oh, I, can, can I say one? Yeah, yeah. Here's something, and I sent this to you. I don't know if you saw it. I figured you saw it. Has anybody seen the new Captain America Civil War trailer? I saw that. Actually. Dude, how yes. awesome did that look? Yeah. I can't wait. I am stoked. You got what? What does he say? So he says something like, "You know, I hope you understand it because of my friend." He's like, "I, I was your friend too." Yeah, I know. Yeah, I saw that. I, was like, yeah. I know. <laughs> that was great. Uh, could someone get the two uh, things I remember? Remember the Falcons kick when he did that spin yeah, around too? Mm-hmm. That looked cool. I kept. What, who's the character? Black Black Hat or Black Panther? Black Panther. Black he Panther, was yeah. revealed. But the other one that got me too is when Bucky was up on Iron Man, going like this, trying to rip that thing out, of, rip the yeah. arc reactor out of his yeah. chest. Yeah, I was the, like, the Ooh. end when um, the two of them fighting back and forth, put around the shield. Even now, I just got the chills. Like, Ugh! I know. <laughs> yeah. So who? Uh, uh, well, I, here's I read a comment where they're running a thing on in the comics. They actually had two storylines where it wasn't, it was very objective. You saw Captain America's point of view and you saw Iron Man's point of view and it didn't look like there was a good bad guy, good guy, bad guy. But since this is a Captain America movie, technically, yep. everybody outside of Captain America looks like a bad guy, including hmm. Iron Man. 
because except except Falcon. Well, yeah, but because it's a Captain America movie, anybody that's Captain America ally looks like good guy. Well, yeah, anybody that's not bad guy. So this movie actually makes Iron Man look like a bad guy. Okay, so so who are going to be the teams? So you got Captain America's obviously. Let's put the obvious ones: yeah. the Falcon, right, and Bucky, right. Okay, and Chica um, Redhead. No. She I said she wanted to arrest me. He said, you're going to arrest me? She's Team Captain America. But remember, she said, I you're going to arrest me? Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm, I bet she's Team Captain America. They had a love interest. Right. No, she's into Bruce. But that's more drama. Yeah. After Bruce, Avengers so. 2, she's into Bruce Banner. Yeah, I still think she's with Team well, Captain America. Well, War Machine and, uh, and Iron Man have a love interest. <laughs> so, dude, so you know that Rhodey and Iron Man are coming together on that well, side. There's the video of, of him holding Rhodey. Like, you know, he's like in the mask and he's like knocked out on the ground and he's like sitting there holding his head. Yep. Yeah. So, so well, who else is going to Apparently Ant-Man was in the trailer. So, I haven't gone yeah, frame by frame, that, yeah. but because he's fucking Ant Man. But is he going to side with Stark because the whole technology thing? Any, does anybody have an opinion on this? Yeah. Anybody? Anyone? Anyone? Hi, Brenda. Hey, Brenda. Sean, hi, can, Sean, you can play Falcon. I can play Falcon. <laughs> yes, yes, you could. Anthony Mackie has had his day. Okay, I need to play Falcon. <laughs> I do agree with that fully. I don't care if they look like Falcon. As long as they get paid like Anthony Mackie, I will play whatever. What do you think he's, what do you think he's pulling down? Oh, it's, it's sick. I mean, he's, he's Falcon. Well, yeah. You know, he... he, he no, I'm, I'm saying... This he is, is our nerd segment. No, yeah, you know, it's Hollywood like, fitness nerds. Right. That's our, yeah. that's our, that's our We're nerding point. out. Well, when I say Anthony Mackie is Falcon, I mean, like, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. He established that character. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to have some other guy coming in and playing Iron Man. Now, no. for example, Terrence Howard messed up because he was Rhodey in that first one. Yep. And then he did, you know, whatever happened behind the scenes. Yeah. And now it's um, Don Cheadle. Yeah. And Don Cheadle is... Rogue. Yeah. But yeah, it's not like James Bond where we are willing to see a new face right. for that character. Exactly. Iron Man will never be replaced. And like Spider Man. Batman for some reason gets replaced. And we, Spider Man gets it. replaced Spider-Man, all the time. Just a constant rebuild. Yeah. But yeah, like. Uh, Fantastic Four, Reed Richards, and all those guys. That's they need to just rebooted. burn Fantastic, Fantastic Four and Four. call it quits. Yeah. Fantastic Four is like they're great sidekick stories. They're just not, you know... They should be support to the X-Men or support right, exactly. to the... Yeah, because exactly. Because when you start breaking up characters like that, you have four different guys now, it's just, it's not going to work. I'm sorry. Yeah. So you why know? is... <laughs> this, will be, this will get us off going. So why is Batman fighting Superman over a chick? Well, if now, you follow the comics... If, no, chick. if you follow the comics, Wonder Woman... Is a is a is a chick fight? Is a debate or a fight over? So Lois Lane has not got Superman's full attention. It sure looks like yeah, it in the trailers. You, you my know, fantasy. Have you seen the picture of Batman with Wonder Woman? It's my favorite picture on the planet. Well, now there. Oh, she go, turns on and looks at him at the party. No, this I'll find it. Oh, go to YouTube. Uh, not not you, Jeff, but whoever said that. Go to YouTube you and uh, just type in the uh, Justice League trailer or. Justice League trailer explained, something like that. There are some really, really good theories about what's actually happening in the trailer yeah. um, of, of that movie. And I know someone who works on that movie, so I kind of know which ones are going in the right direction. So that's what I'm saying. TP? Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, okay. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you should um, you know, definitely okay. go on YouTube, look at some videos that explain different theories on what's actually happening in that trailer. You really and are. One of them is on the right track, for sure. But it's, it's not what you think. Yeah. Maybe. Well, okay, so between the three of us, well, this will be nerd section. I kind of like this template. <laughs> well, 
We look cool when we talk Hollywood. We look even cooler when we talk fitness. And now, and then we nerd and now, out yeah. and crash to the ground. Any Star um, Trek fans out there? Yeah, you want to we, see we, me we discredited and all of That's... ourselves. <laughs> so, Rich had you. Hello, yo, at hello. <laughs> team Batman or Team Superman or team... Superman all day. Batman. That's... Mike, this picture that is my favorite picture ever. It's a nice picture. I've never so seen anyway, that. Yeah. So, anybody that knows me, I'm just looking for my Wonder Woman. And see, I carry the Man of Steel on... Single tier. I carry it right there. <laughs> so you guys can see, yeah, I carry Superman. You know, I can go downstairs now and I've got a Batman shirt and I've got a Superman shirt. And I think I'm going to have to go ahead and say that, that I'm right. choosing Asgard. <laughs> yeah. I, I choose we Asgard. We already know, Sorry. right? I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, but you're not Team Batman or Superman or not sure? Honestly, in the DC universe, DC I'm team. I'm team Superman. Okay, I am. I, I. But wait, okay. Now let me ask you this: This old ultimate nerdist. Have you guys seen the actual? Read probably seen or at least seen the actual what Batman versus Superman is based on. Is it Apocalypse? The one you and I googled. Oh, yeah, we saw yeah, the trailer. Yeah, I, I can't remember what it was called. Um, but there's an actual comic where Batman comes out of retirement, yes. gets a fancy suit, crushes Superman. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I have. I've seen that and the, the actual anime. Refresh my memory. What is it called on Netflix? It's Batman. Uh, is it Apocalypse? Or? I don't think it's on because I, I had to look at it on YouTube. You did show me that. Were they, uh, yeah, were they... Mike and I saw the trailer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's. I, I've, I've read the comic and I've seen the other video. Not Superman beat or the uh, remember superhero beatdown? You showed me that. Yeah. One. That was great. <laughs> um, what was it called? It wasn't Apocalypse. But it was like that, like Apocalypse or... Yeah. Uh, it wasn't Batman Returns. It was one of those stupid... I forgot what it was. Uh, and I've heard it like 10. Like every can time anybody I help watch us? It, yeah, yep. Every time I want to watch it, I always have to ask someone, what was it called again? Yep. But it was great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, anybody that's watching Batman vs. Superman, obviously Zack Snyder took a script, they adapted it, based, they compressed all these random side plots basically into one movie so that's why you'll see Aquaman you'll see you're going to see a little bit of Wonder Woman well, but at the end of the day the Netflix thing that I'm trying to try, trying to find right now is what it's based on it's actually based on a comic book and it's called uh, it, it shows Batman coming out of retirement thus the old old Ben Affleck character and saying Superman is too powerful I gotta crush him he gets a fancy suit and anybody that nerds out, and that, that's why I think Zack Snyder is going to crush this, is he actually stayed so true to the comic. Like, you'll look at it, and even trivial things like the, the cowl, the Batman, the bat yeah. ears are smaller. Yeah. And that is exactly how it was drawn in the comic, and it's exactly how it was drawn on the net, or the uh, TV, the, com- the animated comic. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they nailed it, and that's why all the nerds are going to come out, like, in force. And, and it's going to be dark. It's not going to be campy. Right. Uh, Thank yeah, God. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was his name? Uh, um, Joel uh, Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. Schumacher. Oh, my God. That was horrible. Well, see, something that gets me upset, though, just as a diehard Superman fan, there's a lot of hatred for Superman just from the comics. Like, a lot of people have always hated oh. him. I remember when they did the Doomsday story in Superman. Um, they, I saw interviews. And I was a kid. They saw, I saw interviews with uh, guys from D.C. And they're like, yeah, you know, we were all kind of happy about this storyline because... Superman's kind of the pretty boy of the franchise, and you know we just always hated him. So this is kind of a breath of fresh air for us. And it's like, what? Like, like <laughs> h- how do you work on this? And you hate the, the character that, that that you work on, right? So, I, you know, I don't know. I felt Man of Steel got a bum rap because people just kind of have a hatred, and I get it. Superman's really uh, not unrealistic because it's a comic book, but he's just not a fun character. He doesn't have a lot of flaws. Yeah. You know, Batman is a lot more fun because he's a person. So they show the flaws in Man of Steel. You know, he's I thought that was a, that's why I love Zack Snyder's interpretation. Superman has a lot of issues 
you know, and sure. no one's ever shown them before. Because <laughs> it's my podcast, I'm going to segue. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We, we can come back, but whoever just wrote the uh, me dressed up like Batman and so-and-so dressed like Wonder Woman, I agree. And if she's listening, she needs to dress up like that. <laughs> you hear that right there? Yeah, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Laura, or, or, or whoever no, would have well, said that. Fine. Okay, no, I can Laura, say Laura. We can say Laura. Laura. I agree. Well, everybody can see that. And Laura, whoever... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, what she said. Anyway, back to that. Sorry. I'm trying to remember the name of the thing on Netflix. Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to find it, though. Oh. Who was the voice of Batman? Wasn't it Peter Weller? I thought it was uh, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Or not Mark Hamill. Yeah, Mark Hamill. He's, he's oh, he's a joker. That's right. What the hell was the thing on Netflix? I've watched it constantly. It was a Dark Knight. Is it okay? The TV, the movie. It was Dark Knight the Rises. Night, yeah, right. It's the Dark Knight. So what's the Dark Knight? Returns? I do remember. It was the Dark Knight something. I think it was the Dark Knight Returns. Well, as long as we're waiting, who's your favorite uh, Batman voice? You mean in the animated series? No, I'm in the movies. Michael Keaton, uh, Christian Bale, Val Kilmer. Not, yeah. not Christian Bale. George Christian Clooney. Bale in the first one, yes. But towards the end, it was like, like, it was like, whoa, dude, you have throat cancer. This city just showed you yeah. that it has the capacity to be exactly. <laughs> That, exactly. That's why I got sick of it. And then it sounded exactly like him in uh, Terminator. Where are they? <laughs> the Dark Knight Returns. So, yeah, anybody go to Netflix. It's only on DVD. So, if it's on Hulu or wherever, The Dark Knight Returns, there's a part one and a part two. Watch that before you yeah. see Batman versus Superman, and you'll actually see the animated adaptation of the comic that the movie and the, ad, the animated adaptation is based on, and you'll actually see where all of this came from. So you'll actually see the comic, you'll see him coming out of retirement, the old guy, he's broken, even as trivial as I said, as the, the ears on his cowl. So watch that. You know, it's, it's funny you guys brought up Christian Bale and his voice. I read an article uh, talking just about that, and um, it's... Christian Bale apparently, you know, did some personal research and he talked to his family and this and that. And, like, he he came up with this idea that this guy would do this kind of guttural voice. Like, he just had this conscious decision that he made that, oh my, you know, we're going to do uh, – he's, he's going to change his voice. And um, after reading it, I was like, all right, this – like, seeing the actor process behind it made it make more sense to me. Yeah. You know? Well, and I see why he did it. Yeah. The difference between, like um, – Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah, but, God, but still, you know when it's dude, like, oh, it was a little. <laughs> it was a little. Jesus. There's, a, there's a great video someone made on YouTube where it's like a parody of that interview scene with the Joker. And he's like, like "Why do you want to kill me?" And the Joker's like, "What? Yeah. I, I, I don't know what you're saying." Why Did you, you see the me? one where <laughs> they were trying to like nail, they were actually doing a Batman casting? Or was, I'll butcher, but it's something like they're like, "No, try it a different way." And the the actor is acting like Bruce, or Batman, and he tries all these things, and it's British and it's Cockney, it's absurd. Mm. And at the end, his voice is so raw and through sort of, <laughs> he's like, "That's the one." Like, but I, I've lost my voice, and he's like, "That's the one. Do that." <laughs> That's so, funny. but have you guys seen Bat Dad? I have, I have, yeah. Have you seen Bat Dad? Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god, it's awesome. What am I missing out on here? Oh Who, who's god. Bat Dad? Oh, uh, somebody chimed in on that, but um, he has his own page. Uh, no, I, I know who Bat. Oh Dad is. no, no, no! It's yeah, a, like a, a social shitty, media thing. Yeah, he's a yeah. shitty plastic bat. Yeah. yeah, and he makes fun of his wife. He's like, "Why are you eating carbs?" And she's like, "It's a post-workout sugar." Beer. He's like, "You just went to the gym," and he throws the pop tart at her and. Doesn't like, he do like selfie style sometimes? Yeah, exactly. Behind him? Oh, okay, exactly I have seen that. It's yeah. always selfie style. So <laughs> that, that was our nerding out. Okay, Momoa is Aquaman. That's my segue. 
<laughs> Did you watch Game of Thrones? Either yeah. Yeah. Dude, the gym gave me like all the uh, season one season. Two. That is, it is like a bad beer. Like, no, you have, you have to keep drinking it and get acclimated. No, I watched season one on principle. Season two, I muscled through and I couldn't keep watching it. Too many characters. Said, what was the deal? And he, no, I just I was like, so wow. So, he needs to wait for. But by se- <laughs> by season two, the guy that gave me the DVDs, he's like, give it back to me. You're not watching it fast enough. I was like, fine, keep it. Wow! Like so, I could not, and I loved, I loved Rome. I loved all the like all those like Troy, genres. Troy, that, yeah. I loved like tr- like Rome, Spartacus. Like I love those kind of that genre, that timeline, that mm-hmm. that era. But God, Game of Thrones. Fuck. You know, it's funny because I had the opposite experience. For me, um, I don't really like medieval type things, knights and kings and queens, all that kind of stuff. Normally, I don't like that, and so I watched the pilot for Game of Thrones. And I said, all right, well, I, I see why people are into this, but I'm not really that into it. That was, like, right before it ended. And then the last five minutes of the pilot came on. And I saw it, and I was like, um... But when a dude and his sister are getting the hand, yeah. and then they push the little kid out the window? Yeah. Wait, I was, spoiler alert. Well, oh. come on, yeah. How many years yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you don't know by now, now, tough. So anyway, <laughs> but I saw the last, like, the last five minutes of the pilot, and I was like, um... All right, I, I got to see the next episode just to see what happens. <laughs> and next thing I know, I was just like really into it. So for me, Game of Thrones is brilliant because <laughs> I normally do not like that genre at all. And the fact that I was into it, hating the genre, I'm like, okay, there's, there's, there's something to this. Yeah, I think I think it's awesome, and I am very, very. You know, you've got your. Uh, I know you're all upset about John Bernthal getting, uh, you know, getting cast as a Punisher. I'm sorry, but <laughs> that half Thor, whatever he was, the Mountain. I would have loved to been the Mountain. Squash okay. like you know. Yeah, I'll give you that. Oh, d- d- you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? The big uh, strongman guy. Prior to like prior to giving the DVDs back, yeah. Okay. So I, I'll just pat us on the back. Wouldn't so, that have been fun? Good friend of mine, Gwen from Idaho. <clears throat> this is a nice little compliment to all three of us. This conversation is entirely proof to all women that yeah, dudes could just hang up for hours, talk about anything and everything all at once. Nothing shady. <laughs> <laughs> can I answer that one real 14, quick? 7? God, can, 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 I, can I say something? Yeah. All right, so before I became an actor, I, uh, I did a little cheesy reality TV. I did this when I was actually teaching. A little reality TV. A little reality. Yeah. Just a, yeah, you probably never the, heard of it. What's the name okay. of the show? I was on The Bachelorette, okay? And uh, I, for all the right reasons. But that being said, I, <laughs> I was looking for love. Yeah, I said, I'm here for the right reasons. Right. <laughs> but I will say this. The funny part was, is, was your friend's name Gwen? Gwen, yeah. Yeah, Gwen, I will tell you this. And I mean this with, I love women. This is all due respect to women. But if you put 25 guys in a room after one girl, this is what happens. Yeah. Who wants more apple juice? This is great. I'm having a blast. Dude, you rock. And you rock. Now put 25 girls in one room after one guy. Try to kill each other. I don't know. So I, yeah, we can get along. I think We're it dudes. The, I think it depends on the city and the people. Well, at least on the Bachelorette, everyone okay. I've ever seen, they kept getting mad at us because the guys were like, "You guys are just like having way too much." It's, this is like they kept saying, "This is the homosexual Bachelorette. You guys all love each other." Yeah. Start so, drinking. I was gonna say, yeah. I was talking to. God, I can't keep. This is so hard to keep vague. <laughs> just say it man to, just let it go no, I was talking to acquaintances over Thanksgiving and for me it was the exact opposite every time we went to a bar with a group of friends it always turned into a huge brawl like hangover epic brawl like wake up but that's if there's multiple girls I'm talking one girl okay. and you're on a sh- I mean dudes just are okay. kind of like alright this is alright we're cool Gwen yeah. said she loved the inside so there you go 
No care, men or not, as cat is women, but they do adhere to the uh, what I was just touching on. I'm bar- it bars. Is I a, agree with Jeff. Yeah, like they do adhere to the kill the biggest man in prison syndrome. Right. Like every time I went to a bar, it was a bunch of little mini Navy SEALs and me, and I always got my ass kicked because. Oh yeah, you got beat up. Yeah, because people were just getting up on me yeah. because I walked in the room. <laughs> I actually had multiple Who the hell times. Are you hanging out ninja bars? Who right? beat your ass? You're well, green boy, for Christ's sake. They'd walk in, they're like, let's hit that guy. And there was uh, actually multiple okay. occurrences where I had little midget friends, like little guys, like rodeo friends that always picked fights that they couldn't back up. And they'd be picking the fight, picking the fight, picking the fight, poking the bear, poking the bear. And I'd be, my back would be turned, and then finally the guy would go to swing. And like, basically, the little midget guy dip away, and like, hey, Jeff. I was like, what? Tink. Like, I didn't even get part of this. And then next Sucker thing you know, punches. next thing you know, I wake up in on a beach with broken ribs a chick like unconscious a dude over here with his shirt missing and a bloody face my knuckles are broken happened to us all the time yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> no when, when the hangover what came out were you in? yeah no, it was yeah exactly tampa florida when the hangover came out oh, like Jesus. obviously there was a not a tiger involved in a chicken wandering around but I, when the hangover <laughs> the opening scene the hangover when it came out i was like yep been there <laughs> so uh, let's see if yours was a fraternity house. Yes. Let's see <laughs> if we can take uh, take this ship anywhere. They didn't want Jeff to take it. Is there anything going over there? Who said something? Oh, Laura said something. What did she say? Hey, Peyton. <laughs> a good friend of mine from the gym. Who knows? You had a, who knew? Who knew you had attractive friends, Jeff? Hell, hell, who knew you had friends? Thank period. you, thank you, Peyton. Hell, who knew you had friends? Period. <laughs> right. Thank you, Peyton. Yeah. They're the ones he hasn't killed yet. So. <laughs> yeah. No, she, uh, no, I, I don't want to get into it online. Um, what else can we talk about? It's two hours. I Hang on. Uh, Civil Oh, come on. We got at least, we got to go one one more. And I know you're not big on this, but Star Wars. Star Wars. I knew you were going to say it. Star Wars. Well, it must be addressed. Hey, Peyton. Um, what, in general? Well, my thing is this. I mean, we've all, I'm assuming everybody out there has seen the trailers. Yeah. Has everyone seen the international trailers? Yes. Remember? I know you have. What, what differentiates it? Uh, the fact that Kylo Ren walks up behind Ray, the new lead, the girl. Kylo Ren, the black dude? Why does he got to be a black dude? <laughs> just because it sounds scary. That identifier? That does sound like the a black, black stormtrooper. Right? That is kind of an ethnic name, though. Kylo Ren. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's like Shaniqua. Come on. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little identifying. You know? no, but, so, no, Kylo Ren comes up behind her, and he, he's got the whole light. You remember yeah. when Mace Windu? Yeah. Another 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 black guy with a lightsaber. What 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 a purple lightsaber? Purple lightsaber. Purple. Put it up to Django Fett's throat. <laughs> he puts it up. No, and the new one he puts it up to her throat. He did. Yeah, it is purple. It's purple. <laughs> and there's speculation behind that because like, when red and blue chicken. come together. Because remember, he's part. The reason he's so good, he's part Jedi. Oh part my Sith. god! It's a great. Okay, I'm nerding out a little bit. It's a great explanation to give the black. Guy but anyways, <laughs> no, 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 Sam. It's because you see with the red. <laughs> but truth be told, Sam Jackson went to George Lucas and said, "Let me get a purple lightsaber, motherfucker. <laughs> yes. Get these snakes off my motherfucking plane." <laughs> when you absolutely got to slice every motherfucker in the room, except no substitute. <laughs> No, but Kylo Ren's holding the lightsaber up to her neck, and it looks kind of cool. And that's on the new foreign footage of the trailer. Hey, I did, wait, Kylo is Han's son? Is that a theory? Unless he had twins, and one is the, the girl, and one is Kylo Ren. Hmm. Just throwing it out there. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, you'll say. <laughs> <laughs> this is your profile. 
Well, um, Jeff's post- theory over here is that Kylo Ren is Han Solo's son. No, that's Peyton's theory. Well, that's Peyton's theory. But why is your, your theory, Peyton? What what yeah, what Peyton. grounds do you have? talk to the lawyer? Explain about yourself. It. What grounds do you have, Sean? Listen to her case. <laughs> that's true from the book writings. Oh shit! Oh well, uh, sorry, we didn't go to the book. Yeah, sorry, right. okay. yeah. we're going just to feature films. Readings for we're nerds. actors. We don't read other yeah, than our own lines. It's not in script format. Reading is really for know. losers, right? Hello. <laughs> Peyton, I love you. Um, so wait, here's my theory with the new movie though. Is as much as I child, I, I remember explicitly it was um, I think it was Empire Strikes Back. I remember going to the theater and actually I had a blaster, a Han Solo blaster, and I was actually in the theater shooting between the things when they showed uh, the Empire. The Empire. 1980. Yeah. So I was only like, uh, I was basically a psychoed. So I'm jacked, and I've always been Han, Han Solo is way better. I bet he's in it for ten seconds. Totally, yeah. he's gonna be every scene that we saw will be him. Yeah. Absolutely, the, the, yeah. I think Han Solo or Harrison Ford's in it for like a nanosecond. Well, he busted his leg on the whole operation, well, he, so he's probably he, only he blew a hip probably getting out of his car. Right, he's eighty years old. See, for me, my experience with Star Wars has always been a little like lacking because I was always a fan of the Empire. <laughs> I loved. Darth Vader. Darth Vader was always my favorite character. And I hated the Rebels. And I just wanted the Empire to win. Nobody liked the the Empire. Uh, Oh, I absolutely loved all of that Is it a black thing? Uh, It's kind of a black (laughs) thing. But no, I just always loved that. And that is why Darth is throwing up his angry black fist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fight the power. You will listen to... The Ebony and Ivory Ivory well, reverse it was a Oreo black, sandwich podcast. Ironically, <laughs> it was a black dude's voice. So, <laughs> so riddle me this: when you see on the trailer the like scarred face and there, there's the mm-hmm. voiceover, do you yeah. think I, I'm on? There's one of the theories online is that Luke actually went dark side, like lost his mind and went dark. Oh, when side. he does the whole like puts his hand on R two D two, you yeah. know that's his hand because it's yeah. metal, but. At the same time, like he, he, maybe he, did he lose his mind and go dark side to avenge his father. Yeah, but that would totally just destroy everything that George Lucas did in the first three films. Yeah, because that whole like actually, I'm sorry, the first six films because yeah. it was all about Darth Vader bringing you know the son bringing the father back to the light. If we want to get Carl Jung here and talk about archetypes, I mean that was the Carl Jung. <laughs> and I don't think that that would play well with the fans. Yeah. And um, I read an interview with George Lucas recently that he was not involved in this project, not just because they bought it from him, but because he wanted to go a different direction than the studio. And in his words, the studio wanted to make a film that was geared more towards fans. And he wanted to make the film that he saw in his mind. Yeah. And so I don't think... If well, he also to... saw episode one, two, and three in his mind, too. Right. right. So that, well, that's what I'm saying. Is George R. Binks. As, as, as George Lucas put it, Star Wars is a soap opera that just happens to take place in space. Yeah. And I've so heard that a lot. I think if you're making a movie geared towards fans, you're not going to make Luke Skywalker, who's been the pretty boy of the entire franchise, the bad guy. all of a sudden be the bad guy. But that is a little soap opera if you think about it. Like, oh no, he's the twin. And here we go again, again. And round and round we go. Yep. Or it could have been J.J. Abrams' way of saying, George, thank you for making these beloved characters in episodes four, five, and six. However, after the 90s, you suck, and I'm going to be taking it from here. Right, here's where we go. The last great thing George Lucas did, in my humble opinion, is Indiana Jones' Last Crusade. Sorry. Oh, listen to this theory. Gertie, are you So why not join them when the Emperor told him... In the first place, George said he's always tired of being wrong. Everyone hated him, so he couldn't satisfy anyone. So, 
George everyone, O. Binks wasn't even close, said, though. Everyone said he might have become a Sith. Yeah. What? Who let him put Jar Jar Binks in the movie? Like, seriously. Who looked Who looked at Jar Jar Binks and was like, wow, at a that's hilarious. At a production meeting, they're like, yeah, let's, let's do that. Jar Jar rocks, man. The fans, everyone's going to love him. Well, I think when you're sitting in front of George Lucas... It's you like, say yes to like, anything. It's like, I'm either going to defy the man who made a billion-dollar franchise, or I'm going to go, well, maybe he sees something I don't, and then I'm just going to back down. Yeah, that's true. Said. I mean, honestly, it's just, who's yeah. going to stand up against the guy who created this? It's like Steven Spielberg, Well, who showed up <laughs> in Revenge of the Sith and made the best sword fight of Revenge of the Sith. Oh, good play. Too shy. Uh, Peyton, I love huh? um, I, Just for the sake of people downloading, we're at two and a half hours already. This is two and a half hours? Two hours and 20 minutes. We're so chatty. How about we catch up? You want to catch him up uh, mid-contest prep? <laughs> mid-contest prep. Photoshoot prep. Oh, Photo yeah. Shoot yeah. Prep. yeah. When, when, are we going to tell our, our good fans here? So, again, we've got Welcome to Boz, Sean Hampton Forever, mm-hmm. and Iron Mike Foster, or at the end, this is your deal, Welcome to Boz Last. There yeah. you go, first and last. <laughs> but when are we doing this again? Should we tell the good people? Uh, I really think we should name this thing. I'm really hard up. Well, now that the, the, now that the fans know us, Let's yeah. name us. Yeah, hey, okay. For those, I only got 53 right now. It went from 80. What do you guys think of Reverse Oreo for the name of this podcast? Because my overall podcasts are Day in the Life sexual. of. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. It sounds sexual. My overall podcasts are Day in the Life of, which is a non-committal <laughs> podcast. So it can include anything from plumbers to actors to hippies to cavemen. And amongst those, I have sub-podcasts. Like with Alicia Baruti, I have um, Hippie and the Caveman. Now, with these three, these two gentlemen, what should this podcast be? Jeff, with these two guys. I kind of like Reverse Oreo because two whites and one dark. <laughs> two whites. <laughs> our, our friend Doug over here, he's a black. He's going he's gonna to die first. Was it the hangover? Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if this is a horror movie, yeah, guess who's dying first? first. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So that so, being I'm said, I'm going to screw down over here. Investigate <laughs> that noise. I'll be right back. Go yeah. <laughs> look at that scary. Two things. Edward Hoster. How's it go? Yeah. So, yeah, that's... You know, that's the end of Children of the Grave by Black Sabbath. Really? Anybody out there that's not aware? No Black Sabbath. No Black Sabbath? No. It's called African-American Sabbath. Oh, uh, welcome to the so, politically correct you, version of uh, Reverse Oreo over here. We got chocolate and cream. Help us figure it out. So chocolate and cream. Gwen says Reverse Oreo only if you're sure it's because it would be more obvious. Gwen, stop. You stop it, Gwen. Uh, we We're not in shape right now, but come back and see us in 14 days. Reverse Oreo. Stick. People are liking Reverse Oreo, dude. I'm sorry. Reverse Oreo is working, apparently. Well, the last time we did, you and I were Ebony and I, Iron. We, we were Iron, Ebony, and Ivory. Well, that works for the two of you. Well, I get that. But you, just like your Fit Hippie and the, the Man, or Chico and the Man, whatever. What's it called? Chico. Hippie and the... Wait, wait. wait. Hippie the, and the Man. What was it called? The Hippie and the Muscle? <laughs> hippie and the Cave Man? Hippie, the cave hippie man. and the Cave? I don't know. Chico and the Cave Man. <laughs> I, Dude, just I just picked up a random guy at Home Depot. You know what? Podcast. You know what? And I'm going to get a few witnesses out there. How many? How many hashtags will this guy throw up? I don't know which one you're using. No, trust me, I'll get that. That's true. Just work harder than the other guy. That's all that matters uh, to shut us. Up. It's true. That's a good that's hashtag, true. though. I'm giving. No, right? but it's funny. Okay. Oh, props. I'm going to plug the hell out of this. Stay tuned for workout clothes, fitness gear, T-shirts, all that crap of work harder than the other guy. Welcome to Boz Blair. It's uh, the final um, drawing for the logo is being completed, and we'll be plugged in, and we'll be selling some crap. Yep. So work hard on the other guy. There'll be a men's line and a women's line. So stay tuned. 
people are liking the reverse Oreo, man. Reverse Oreo seems Rever- to be working for us. Are my people out there? I, I've got a couple. Oh, we just lost a few. Uh, yeah. If anybody's out there, do you have any uh, ideas for what we should call our podcast? With uh, yeah, we're uh, taking all ideas. So exactly. Thank you, Melody. I, I, yeah, I, it's it's so gross, but reverse Oreo, man. Reverse <laughs> Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> the chocolate's are, in the middle. People are liking it. Right? It's funny. Well, if that's the case, hang on a sec. Let's okay, right. people let's ask look, though, the, They need to see how it looks. Yeah, I was going to okay. say, let's we have to go in the middle. Reverse okay. We got Nordic chocolate Nordic. That works. Mike, what product do you use to keep your hair so pretty? What's that? What product do you keep use to keep your hair so pretty? I use coconut oil. And what I like to do is I rub it on the ends like this because your scalp regret, naturally produces I oil. I asking already. Uh, someone told me this. I have no idea. I put coconut oil in so it doesn't go nuts. And it's obvious I didn't have any in tonight. I always want to do this, though. Does that make me a bad person? <laughs> I want to put mine <laughs> I in no way endorse any of these activities. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so Karina, uh, Karina likes Three's Company. Karina? Wait, which Karina? A Karina we trust? The one that's sitting 20 feet away from us. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk to this so Karina can look. Hey, Karina, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, Maybe we'll make a video. But there's delay, so she's going to... So funny. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I'm kind of wondering how long it will take. I don't know. I think in, I'm thinking when you hear reverse Oreo. Oreo. The reverse, reverse Oreo, Oreo show. The reverse Oreo working. show? I mean, it's got to be a podcast title, so reverse Oreo what? <clears throat> the reverse Oreo... The reverse Oreo podcast? No. The reverse... Oh. This is you know what? For, is, for yeah. as much apple juice as we're drinking, we should have. We need more apple juice, and that'll make, help us make better decisions about what to name the show. I'm ready to watch my car, car down the packet this evening. Perhaps eight o'clock. It's an hour past my bedtime. Well, plus they can always leave comments. What did you say? No, see, three amigos. I, we like cliche the ideas, but it's it's based on a title that already exists. Right, we, we want to actually come up with something completely original. So and not get sued for those of you that have not. Yeah, God, I mean, God, hoping that this actually gets some sort of public traction. Traction, yeah. yeah. We yes. actually we could get sued for stuff. Um, We're so probably going to get sued. Sean's our make believe lawyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're probably going to get so, sued anyway. Just Johnny saying, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend and I, Alicia and I, for those of you who are just joining, we had she's very. In touch with positive feelings and crap, so we called ours "Hippie in the Caveman" because I'm very black and white, kicking doors and just punch things. Very black and white. This is very black and white too. And to continue <laughs> the black and white theme, this is going to be a recurring podcast—the long, the short, and the bald. <laughs> That's All right. Kind of funny. The long, the, long, the short, the and, the bald. Bald. and the bald. Well, who's yeah. short? You. I, I get to play on words. Jeff's only six four. No, his hair. <laughs> I get the play on words, but I don't think it's accurate. Mod Squad Show. Mod? Mod. M O D. Mike. Larry Moe and Curly. Uh, I'm kind of biased, but I, I, I'm like in a reverse Oreo. <laughs> I just, anytime you see reverse uh, anything, like you said, like, like the a reverse, sex move. The reverse cowboy. Be like, you know, you're, you're a cowboy technically, right? Yeah, I wrote yeah. it. Yeah. If I said the reverse cowboy, it was. <laughs> I mean, why don't we just call it the Dirty right. Sanchez Hour? I mean, you, I mean, you know Deborah, you're down with Reverse Oreo too. <laughs> These are all sexual sounding names, man. Right? That's true. I, I will agree. Ah, uh, I don't know. I think, I'm thinking Reverse Oreo. Reverse Oreo seems to be winning. It does. Yeah, I hate to say it. <sighs> but how many people are going to be like, you know, would they flip through the podcast, right? White chocolate. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> White are you chocolate okay with this? is funny. Are you offended? 
Well, I was offended like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> 20. In for a penny, in for a pound. I mean. It's called the uh-oh. What reverse cowboy? That's funny. Right? I don't know. I, I just... What else is... We're better than this What else is artists. black and white? What is black and white? Why's it got to be white thing? It can't be the zebra hour. It can't be the panda hour. It can't be... Yeah. <laughs> it can't be the, you know, Mariah Carey The hour. backwards Oreo? Uh, it no, Brandy did not come into the conversation. Creamy, Creamy white, white chocolate. chocolate. That's really going the sexual route. Yeah, <laughs> see, all of this is sexual. <laughs> the backwards Oreo. I, 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 it's going to be Oreo. Was the good, the black, and the white? Oh. <laughs> but that implies, that implies everything else outside of white is, good, is bad. The so good. that it could be highly racist. Well, that's true. Well, yeah, it's coming from a Nicaraguan. So, hey. Oh, um, Nicaragua. She's trying to go with the good, the bad, and the ugly, Clint Eastwood style. I okay. get what she's doing here. Uh, I see what she's doing. Good job, Karina. Where did... White, whitey. Whitey. Oh, kill whitey. Is that what to say? Whitey? Oh, whitey. The good, the black, and the whitey? The beard, the mustache, and the clean. <laughs> <laughs> well, beard implies like a gay uh, husband as a woman. I thought that was a bear. No, it's no, a beard. beard. Oh, the beard. Yeah. Yeah, nice try, though. Yeah. If you were gay and was were with a woman, right. she'd be she's the beard. She'd be Karina. Right. Well, that's your beard. Yeah. I just, Karina is I was my trying beard. To leave out All the my gay friends say Karina's my beard. But yeah, boy, that would imply that I'm gay. Yes. Okay. No, it doesn't imply you're gay. It directly says you are. <laughs> There's no implication. Yeah. There's no implication. Can I say one thing, though? Yeah. Usually okay. at the bar, it was the best to say that I was gay because it got you A, more street cred, and B, more girls would be like, oh, I can go talk to him. He's this safe. Is back in my, he's, he's safe. safe. Yeah. So saying that I'm gay, like when I went back home, hey, Karina, you can vouch for this one. I got to tell one quick little gay story. So I go back home, and I haven't seen a lot of the people that I graduated high school with in a long time. Mm-hmm. And we go to a bar, and this guy comes up, and he's like, hey, Mikey, I just want you to know. Hang on, let me get him a character. <laughs> hey, Mikey. hey, Mikey, I just want to let you know. You and me's cool no matter what, man. And I'm like, of course we are, Steve. Is that the, is that yeah, the go-to word? The go-to of course game. we are, Steve. We've been playing baseball together since 1986. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, I just want you to know that, you know, your lifestyle out there, the things you're doing, it's all cool, man. We'll always be friends. And I'm like, awesome. Steve, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> well, the fact that you're gay now. And I'm like, <laughs> like oh. this is, at the time, my girlfriend right here. And she's like, he's not gay. He's like, well, come here. And he pulls her over side. He's like, come on. I heard he's out there bartending at a gay bar. Is he doing gay porn too? They genuinely thought I was gay. He was associated. Yeah, just because I was associated with it. Yeah. Okay. All right, sure. Yeah. Uh, we also have Thor Mace and Caveman walking to a bar show. <laughs> You're Mace Windu, I presume. I'll take Mace, sure. <laughs> What's your purple lightsaber? It's better than Falcon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, just because. No, they're all a Falcon, but it's Mace Windu. Come on. So yeah. you'd rather be Mace Windu than Falcon? Any day of the week. Yeah, that's true. You can stop Falcon in the air. Yeah. What's he going to do? Well, we got two minutes and 58 seconds until mine ends. Yours is probably ending, too. Yeah, same thing. All right. Well, Well, tell you what. Leave uh, more names in the comments, and by the next time we have a broadcast, we will have picked a name. So, we got... Reverse Oreo is a a, a (laughs) front-runner. Anybody else that has other ideas? Non... Play on words of, of things that already exist. Yes. We don't want right. non cliche. Yeah, three amigos is funny, but we want stuff that's a complete <laughs> Arkham Hour. Ooh, hmm. that just sounds badass. And plus, we have the uh, the podcast audience who's only hearing this. We're not seeing. Yeah, it. so not yeah, live. for those of you watching so. this, this is actually going to be a podcast on mm-hmm. iTunes. So we need something that actually catches their eye that way, not something that or catches their ear, I should say. So 
Comedy comedians. What are your favorite? We don't have time, Mandy. I'm sorry. See, the the podcast is colorblind, Sean. Podcast is so by saying reverse Oreo, it paints a picture. It does. Let's not paint the picture. So if you've been you can be the chocolate, we can be the cream. <laughs> right? <laughs> Once again, we're getting sexual. <laughs> Everybody, I think the reverse Oreo, the reverse Oreo shows the might be the winner. The reverse Oreo. I show. think that is the winner. So um, God, I forgot my own podcast website. I feel like I've is it Welcome to Boz? Odds are okay. Let me check. Uh, I got a minute. Like so for those of you who are watching, because we are going to be signing out here soon, thanks for being here on Iron Mike Foster. Remember, Sean Hampton forever, and welcome to Boz over there. These are my people. They're legit. I vouch for them. I've seen their podcast before. I wanted to work with them. I'm working with them. So, All right, so this podcast can be downloaded, so go to your iTunes app, download this podcast. It is called... <laughs> Just a minute. Here comes the big reveal. It's been it's been a while. My last one was uh, with uh, Alicia Baruti. A day in the life of. So if you go to iTunes and look for day in the life of or Jeff Bosley, pick the Jeff Bosley is not the religious show, and that's uh, where all these will be. <laughs> well, how many? There's, how many there's shows there's only do one, you do, man? No, there's right? only one Jeff Bosley, other Jeff Bosley, and it's like a crazy religious show. Define so, crazy religious. Well, not really crazy, but very. Very religious. Yeah. Oh, so okay. the ones with me are. All so with you drinking apple juice and dropping f bombs is yeah. not exactly the religious show. No, yeah, <laughs> not, not yeah. So, it's on a Sunday, but it's not the religious one. Exactly. <laughs> so on uh, iTunes, just Google Jeff Bosley, and there's tons of hippie and the caveman, which are actually I, slightly biased, but are pretty funny. And then you will see whatever this one will be called will be all on there too. Can you share this with us? Is that is that how does this work? I, I don't know anything about I. I uh, Podcast. Yeah, we can share the link. Yeah. Is it podcast? Mm-hmm. Okay. That would be the best because most people have um, iTunes. Okay. Whereas I, I'm, I'm looking at the Podbean podcast and it's a pain in the butt. Um, All right. Happy hour, with, <laughs> happy hour with the reverse Oreos. Yeah. That's, that's Actually, dirty. this is like happy two hours and 45 minutes. Boys, <laughs> muscle, muscles on muscle, muscles on muscles. I like but, that. Yeah, but again. Coffee talk with yeah. the reverse yeah. Oreos. Yeah. Just throw it out there. These are and mine is ending in two seconds. Mine's See you next time. Shit. But we're still on. Uh, hey, we're still live over here at Iron Mike Foster because we never go away. Yeah. <laughs> So let me see what this one's called. Um, like I'm on Podbean is where I'll upload it. So for those of you still listening, yeah. For those of you listening out there, we have oh, we have 14 I more need to change out it there. to web. Do you guys have any questions for us? 15 now. Holy shit. If anyone has any questions that we haven't answered. So yeah. Anyone? Anyone? No need to go back live. So no. we're on the podcast now and, and audio only. So um, what I did on the last podcast in the past, I'm going to hit save real quick. As we round up two and a half fucking hours. As opposed to two and a half regular hours. Dude, imagine yeah. if we did this on a regular basis. People would be like, hey, we can listen to some guys talk about absolutely nothing for two and a half hours. <laughs> two and a half hours. <laughs> I'm on board. Um, so we will wrap this up on... on God dang, there's still apple juice. Um, <laughs> basically, what Alicia and I did, and it kind of was a cool way, it was kind of a, a last minute, if anybody sustained the podcast this long, this would be a good plug for anything everything. So I'll set the pace or the tone, and you guys can go from there. Oh, that's Peyton, who chimed in earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, so I will start the process. So Jeff Bosley, pretty much if you Google anything, welcome to Boz. Those are all my websites. Or welcome to Boz, Twitter, Instagram, Vine, uh, it, you name it, Facebook. Or Jeff Bosley. Fortunately, I've saturated the internet with Welcome to Boz or Jeff Bosley, IMDb, etc. Um, I got a 
TV, I'm on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I have a movie coming out with Uma Thurman. I have a movie coming out with Steven Seagal. So hopefully the next uh, and a daytime drama, I believe is what they're called, starting next year too. So um, hopefully you will see me with a lot of time on red carpets and uh, how women in my arm, like, like on, on my arm is there that what it's go. called on don't my talk arm about punching babies either remember yeah. punching babies <laughs> I would punch babies the, the running, them. The running yeah. joke is I was oh, interviewed yeah. on the red carpet long story short um, prior to Expendables 3 being made they asked me what I would do to beat an Expendables 3 google Jeff Bosley red carpet and you'll find this um, I, I said to the uh, the interviewer I would punch babies to be in the Expendables 3 and you can just see the shock on his face, even though you don't see his face. You can see the shock on the little child that was on the red carpet next to me when Jeff I said says, I would. but not little kids. Yeah, but here's my argument, is even if it has any medical knowledge, is when you punch children that have their skulls, there's the sutures for medical people aren't, aren't, aren't joined in their head. So if you're going to punch anybody in the skull, punch a child because their heads are squishy. And it will grow back and all will be good. No, no harm, no foul. No. That's the theory. That's not what I really believe. So, but thanks for bringing that up, you butthole. Yeah, science. <laughs> it's science. Go to an AP class, and this is fact. Punch children, not adults. That's, if anything, if anything comes from this unnamed reverse Oreo podcast, that is the message. Punch children, not adults. Not adults. All right, that, that did it. You're done. Stop. Right now. All right. And I've listened to you dig this hole for far too long. Right. This is what happens. So oh, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Uh, Sean, plug yourself. Once again, we're going sexual the podcast. <laughs> no, but um, anyone listening who uh, wants to learn more about me, you can uh, basically same thing. You can Google Sean Hampton. That's S E A N Hampton. The Facebook page is Sean Hampton Forever. I'm also on uh, Instagram as Sean Hampton Official. So those are the best ways to stay up with me. And I am uh, Michael Foster at Iron Mike Foster. Uh, I think Facebook, Twitter, all that kind of stuff as well. Instagram, you guys can jump on there. And you can see me coming up in um, the Thundermans. Uh, the other one will be a gamer's guide to pretty much everything. Uh, now we know on National Geographic and MTV's Awkward. And if you want to go ahead and go to Amazon, check out Race War, where I fight Sean. Oh, yeah. Over and That's over huge. again. Yeah, so come yeah. check that out. And uh, we just want to thank uh, at Welcome to Boz for uh, having us on tonight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, if you so. like us, we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this has been uh, a day in the life of a non committal uh, podcast. So, it pretty much entails everything with to be determined um, reverse Oreo. The Reverse Oreo show is maybe where it's going to go. Stay tuned. You can find me on Podbean, but basically the easiest way is to go to iTunes and search for Jeff Bosley. You'll see a handful of Hippie in the Caveman and whatever I decide to name this one when I upload it. Tell my people this too. They can hear it right now. (laughs) No, but they're not. You're not part of their podcast. Well, they should be part of the podcast. So to repeat myself. Go to uh, iTunes, Google, or look up Jeff Bosley. All this will be uploaded there. You can see a bunch of old podcasts with Hippie and the Caveman, whatever this one will be named. It might be called uh, the, or- the Reverse Oreo mm-hmm. Show. Um, and you can see that there. So iTunes, um, Jeff Bosley. Uh, if you have any oh show, show suggestions, that's the apple juice talking. Um, just Jeff at JeffBosley.com and we kind of have a template of Hollywood maybe fitness a little bit of nerdery but if you have any suggestions we'll cater to that because we want the show to be very fluid with the advent of Facebook or Facebook uh, live video we can interact with fans as we go along which you saw tonight 
So this is very fluid. And join us, Jeff at JeffBosley.com. And shoot me some messages. And iTunes, Jeff Bosley. And that's about it. And the Sean. Real quick, <laughs> tell my people. we got, you got like 35 seconds because I'm going to end it with a view. Tell them okay. who we are. Uh, Sean Hampton. Go to Sean Hampton Forever on Facebook or Instagram, Sean Hampton Official. And show them the view because you got 30 seconds. 30 seconds. So this is how we end. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, because it's Mike's video. So right. anyway, for those of you who just listening to the podcast, thank you so much for listening. It's been two and a half hours of hopefully what you deem some level of awesomeness. Again, Sean Hampton, Iron Mike Foster, Mike Foster. You can find us all on Facebook or on social media. Just Google any of us. And we pretty much saturated the internet with our names. <laughs> uh, iTunes, Jeff Osley, and you can find us there. I'll put links, etc. We are very, very, very uh, in touch with everybody that chimes in. So thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Again, uh, without your support, it means nothing. So your support and your time means a lot to us. Thank you and take care. Good night. Have a good recovery from your Thanksgiving activities. Take care. You're just here like me.